This conference will now be recorded. Good evening. Homestead Borough Council meeting, May 9th, 2022. James Hamill presiding. You're now being recorded. Anyone who'd like to speak before Borough Council tonight, there is a registration book under the clock. If you'd like to uh, sign in, you may. Anyone who's online and you'd like to speak, you'll be recognized by President Hamill under the public uh, comment section. Thank you. Mr. James will be a little bit late, so yeah, the fence put in. Yeah, is that nice? I guess it's perfect. Love to follow. Uh, Mr. Mayor, if you'd please uh, begin tonight before the meeting starts with uh, whatever it is you'd like to share with us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, with Mother's Day over this past weekend, I've just been thinking about my mom and my wife, friends, family. And, uh, and that had me in a reflective mood as being, you know, a person up here on the council, one of many men in situations and, and bodies like this that are mostly, you know, male-dominated bodies. So uh, with that, I'm just trying to maintain mindfulness that, you know, for someone like myself, things that we all do are things that represent that to everyone, not just people who look like me. And that's something I'm bearing in mind really before. Thank you so much for that. All right, we'll call the meeting to order tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. Would we all please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance? everybody for joining us tonight here on a very lovely May day in the borough of Honesdale. I'll have Ms. Boltanis, borough secretary, please open up with a roll call of uh, both elected officials and borough officials, please. And please say present if you are here in person, um, but then if you are uh, virtually attending in any way, shape or form, please mention that you are online. Thank you. James Hamill. Here. Jason Newbond. Here. William McAllister. Here. Michael Algello. Here. David Nielsen. Present. James Jennings. Jared Nuban. Here. Mayor Derek Williams. Present in person. Solicitor Richard Henry. Present in person. DPW Director Dan Brown. Present remote. Secretary Judith Poltanis, I am present. Fire Chief Steve Bates. Police Chief Rick Southerton is not here this evening. He'll be present. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Poltanis. Um, as we know in previous meetings, this is an opportunity to add anything to the agenda that has not been added. And I would entertain any motions from council to add items to tonight's agenda. Uh, we just had from design department, we have one request that was not cited in the agenda. It's more just housekeeping, but this evening we'd like to add change in our resolution of appointment assigned officer and the enforcement officers. Which is 
additional personnel will be requested. So I'm asking permission to uh, make a motion that we add that up to the agenda statement. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Michael Augello. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. David Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion's carried. Any further additions to the agenda for this evening? Hearing none, I will uh, follow up with uh, item number five on the agenda, the executive session announcement that took place uh, back on 425. Uh, the executive session began after the council meeting adjourned at 8.20 p.m. and ended at 9.10 p.m. Attendees were Mayor Williams, Councilman McAllister, Councilman Newbond, myself, Mr. Argello, Councilman Jennings, Councilman Nilsson, uh, Ms. Boltanis, Mr. Henry, and Ms. Yoakum uh, was online as well as Mr. McAllister in that. And we were speaking about both uh, grievance on behalf of the HPOA and also um, a personnel matter at the time. So um, we wanna continue to keep these uh, discussions happening. Uh, Ms. Boltanis did leave the meeting. Ms. Boltanis, that was roughly around 8.50 p.m. Uh, no, it was actually 9.03. 9.03 p.m. All right, thank you very much. So 9.03 p.m. she left the meeting and uh, we discussed further uh, personnel matters, but we wanna keep the public informed as much as we can, but when it uh, comes to personnel matters, it's very important that we were able to discuss those uh, in that fashion and then come out and dictate policy that, that can help the borough uh, and, and its employees and everybody in the best fashion possible. So again, thank you to everybody. Uh, I would open this up. Uh, currently, right now, we have public comment period uh, concerning agenda items. And I know uh, Mr. Fisher from Cottage Hose was intended to speak tonight. If you'd like to speak at this moment, we're welcome to have you to the podium tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Madam Secretary, Mr. Mayor, members of council. Um, I've been asked to come to the meeting this evening. Um, there's been a question about some of the response numbers um, that we've been providing over the past several months to the borough with regards to ambulance service. Um, so I'll open that up with this month's numbers and then I'll hand this back off to Madam Secretary. So for the month of April, the previous month, there were 80 dispatches within the Honesdale borough um, for EMS service. Cottage Hall has responded to 45 of those requests. We were unavailable for 35 of those requests. So let me describe what unavailable means. Um, since we've been in the borough, which has been roughly since June of 2019, there has not been one shift where the vehicle has not been staffed. So that does not fall into that unavailable category. Um, unavailable means that the borough truck Honesdale truck, Cottage 13, as it's respectively called, has been requested for assistance outside of its immediate coverage area, which is the Honesdale borough, okay? That means it has gone out to assist White Mills Ambulance if they were unable to crew. Um, it's gone to other areas around the Honesdale borough that do not have a designated EMS provider. So you folks, as the authority having jurisdiction, have two options open to you. You can designate a provider to be your primary ALS and BLS provider, which you have done with Cottage Hose, or you can elect to have the 911 center dispatch the closest available ambulance. So you don't have to select a provider. So a lot of those calls that we were unavailable for, we were actually on another call 
either in another area, or we could have perhaps been on a call already in the borough because we only do have the one truck in the borough. Okay, um, I do have some numbers from the beginning of the year just to give you an idea. Um, and again, these numbers that I'm giving to you that I get, they do not come out of our system. They come directly from the Wayne County 911 Center. They come from them. So total calls for the year for that vehicle from January 1st until the last day of April were 479 calls. All right, so if we go back to your report, your report would have been 288 requests for service in the borough of Honesdale, of which we responded to 168 of those, all right? So out of those 479 requests, we now know what we responded to within the borough limits. Additionally, 28 of those were ALS calls where occasionally we will have a paramedic on that truck. Full-time employee need to get their hours and we put the paramedic here. Once the dispatch center knows that that truck is ALS capable, if there is not another ALS company within Wayne County, they will take that truck and then send it to that chest pain call, that trauma, that stroke, that difficulty in breathing call. Additionally, that truck was sent on 38 out of county calls, which means it went to Pike County, it was dispatched to Lackawanna County, it was dispatched to Susquehanna County as much as it's even been dispatched shortly over the border into New York, if Tustin was unable to get out and get a crew. Um, 78 of those calls were roughly in the Waymart area um, and roughly about 139 were strictly outside the borough. So when we talk about that, we're talking um, Bethany, Sealyville, Dyberry, where those areas have appointed closest available. They have not put in it for a specific provider. Well, thank you for sharing all of those statistics. I mean, we, we had a brief conversation outside, but, you know, this is somewhat the nature of the beast, right? It, it, it is. And unfortunately, the reason why this is happening is as of right now, we are in the midst of a national EMS crisis. So it is not something that is just here to the Honesdale area, uh, to the Carbondale area, to the city of Scranton. It is nationwide. Um, recruitment and retention programs are out there. Um, they're not working. People are leaving the field. Um, the healthcare field in general um, is having difficulty. A lot of the nurses have left. Um, I shared with President Hamill, um, there's been times where our truck from the city of Carbondale has been dispatched to the Manuka section of Scranton, um, which is just one town closer to Scranton from Music. Um, only to be dispatched from Carbondale to make it on scene, treat the patient, and then transport that patient to one of the city hospitals. You know, it's 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 a different, it's very different anymore. Um, waiting times at the hospitals um, are tying up some of the ambulances, which means if we have a patient that requests to go to Geisering Community Medical Center, Regional Hospital of Scranton, or Moses Taylor Hospital, you know, um, Pretty much it's patient preference, you know, unless they're a trauma. Um, thankfully, Wayne Memorial is a level four trauma center. Um, they're also a cardiac center that they can do cardiac cats and a stroke center. Um, so that does alleviate some of that transport time to stabilize that patient. Um, we have ambulances sitting in the emergency department down in the city for two, two and a half hours with the patient on the stretcher waiting for a bed. You know, Geisinger CMC has 
35 beds, uh, 35 rooms, they may have eight hallway beds, but if they don't have the staff to support all those beds, they can't put a patient in that bed. There's a, a definite nurse to patient ratio that they need to follow. So it's one big cataclysmic event that affects all of us. It affects the community, it affects us as EMS providers. Um, we're hoping that it gets better, but you know, we're hopeful. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. I know that you're dealing with all those issues and, and serving the borough as best as humanly possible. Uh, were there any questions from council members for Mr. Fish before he stepped away, or even we can keep open this dialogue clearly because that's really important. A absolutely. I mean, if there's, yeah, if there's something that you think of and it's not tonight, I, I can come back. Um, Madam Secretary knows how to get a hold of me. You can get a hold of me. Um, one thing that we are doing um, is we are sending a second vehicle over to the station, which is right down here on West 11th Street. Um, there are some times when the crew is out on a call and the cross shift is coming in that another call does come in. We're going to put that second vehicle there so that if something does happen, they can hop in that truck and, ans and answer that second call. Um, but again, we have a good working relationship with White Mills for mutual aid. Um, we do relocate on occasion a truck from the city of Carbondale to the intersection of 6 and 170 um, so that it is closer to the Waymark borough in case, an, or I'm sorry, the Honesdale borough in case another call comes in. So, This is Councilman McAllister. Regarding uh, the number of eligible individuals that can pursue your profession, do you have any idea how many are participating like in Luzerne County Community College? I know they have a paramedic program there. So it's it's funny that you mentioned that because you know EMS is such a lucrative career that we all have other jobs. Um, so I happen to actually be an instructor for Luzerne County Community College and I'm also the clinical coordinator for their paramedic program. Um, right now we uh, started out with 18 students in the paramedic program. We are now down to 12. Um, and that happens through either, it's a, it's a huge time constraint, it's a year long, um, and it's a very long year. Um, so a lot of them just can't dedicate the time to that, but they're already working for ambulance providers. Um, so when they graduate and they're done, they're going back to their home station, so to speak. Uh, as far as the EMT class, um, I don't know if anybody in here has ever taken the EMT class. Um, in the old days, um, 40 people to an EMT class. It was $25 and the, the host ambulance company sent you to school. $25 got you your EMT class, got you your books and your workbooks. Right now, an EMT class that's being run by an ambulance service is roughly $600 to $650 to take that course. Um, if you go to Luzerne County Community College um, or any other college program, if you're lucky enough to live in that county, um, you're looking at probably twelve to fourteen hundred dollars to take that class. If you're out of county, um, there's an out of county charge, and if you're out of state, it's pretty much a triple charge. Those EMTs usually will get picked up by one of those ambulances by cottage hoes, and hopefully we can retain them, send them off to paramedic school, and they come back and you know help the community. Um, what we do on our end from Cottage Hose is if you go to paramedic school and you graduate and you come out and you're interested in working for us, um, we won't sign you on for a year or two 
and pay back your full loan. Uh, that's not fair to you. Um, what happens in a year if you and your family decide that you need to move out of the area? You know, then what do you do with that that balance of a year that you're paid for? Um, basically, if you get a school loan, you bring us your monthly statement, if you will. We'll make your monthly payment for you. And, you know, if, if you're with us for eight months a year and you need to move on for whatever reason, you know, we would have paid for a year of your school. Uh, a lot of the other companies, again, yeah, we'll send you to paramedic school, but you need to sign an agreement to stay here for two years. You know, so for some folks, they do that because they're not going to go anywhere. And other folks, you know, their big push now is Horry County. I believe that's down in uh, North Carolina. A lot of people are going there. So, you know, they stay here for a year and they leave. You mentioned the number was 12 that you're currently involved. Currently, that's correct. And, and in terms of but the actual need, is probably substantially larger than that as far as substantially larger councilman is an understatement an understatement and, we and we could use so many more and, and that's because you differentiate between the bls and the als yes that's exactly correct the other questions for mr fish I think this is really helpful for us. And uh, again, if we have further committee meetings or otherwise, we could probably, you know, bring you onto those. I know, again, your time is is valuable, but of course, to to find solutions. And I think even in the short term, the one that you mentioned that you already have in place with the second shift and having the other vehicle there, that's again, hopefully going to chip away at those unanswered calls. But we understand that's that's part of what is happening right now, not just here in the borough, but across the Commonwealth and other places. So. Uh, we appreciate you coming out tonight to share uh, a lot of your perspective and your your know-how with us. Thank you. And uh, and again, any anytime you need anything, please just reach out to me. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I see there's a an EMS uh, presentation web webinar, uh, which is going to be held on Monday, May 16th at 7 p.m. I'm presuming, perhaps inappropriately, that it's going to be held in Carbondale. What, uh, Madam Secretary, was that the email that I? That that is just what I had forwarded to Madam Secretary, just to show that there is a national crisis that's not being held in Carbondale. Okay. Um, it's a webinar, so anybody could log on and and sit through it. But again, I just wanted to stress the point that it is a national crisis that we're going through. Um, it is not something that is just right here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, the only reason I ask is because it says all live attendees will receive a certificate of attendance from Providence. I would hope that nobody's dead while attending. Well, stra stranger things have happened. <laughs> but again, if, if, if you need anything else, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thanks. Would there be anybody else who signed in, Ms. Boltanis, that you know of? Uh, yes, there is. Okay, thank you. And uh, one thing that we changed at the outset, as I mentioned to some uh, folks outside at the outset of this year, was that um, any items concerning the agenda from a public comment standpoint are welcome at the beginning of the meeting, but we've also created a second portion at the end of the meeting. Thank you very much to discuss uh, issues that are not on the agenda. Um, so I know Mr. Vonson, you speak about stormwater at the meetings. Would you like to wait until stormwater? Okay, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Jennings, uh, information with a question mark. It, okay, not at this time. Very good. Um, H.A., yes, sir, you would like to speak a little bit later, correct? Okay, thank you. 
uh, Lee as well, and Barry and Fang, all police related. And thank you. So maybe a little bit later. All right, gentlemen. Anybody online who'd like to speak or anybody else regarding an agenda item at this time? Hearing none, we'll go on to uh, action on minutes of previous meetings from the April 25th meeting. Yes, Ms. Yeah, there are two corrections I'd like to make. Sure. Before, so I spelled the word wrong. <laughs> I have to be sure. Uh, second to last paragraph, I have the word aware, which should be award. Oh, right. Okay. And then I reference on page six. Jared, under public safety, Understood. Unless somebody else has other things. Council have any uh, further corrections or additions? I know those are two good catches. I did not catch them, and I usually try to just to make sure all is well and good. And that looks good to uh, to entertain a motion for the acceptance of the minutes uh, with those additions or corrections. I move to approve the minutes of the regular meeting on April 25th, 2022, as presented or with the following corrections. Uh, yeah, you, well, I made the corrections. So you yeah. made the corrections. Okay, very good. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Nelson. Is there a second? Second, second for Mr. Agello. Discussion on the motion. Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Uh, aye. aye. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you. Under requests, uh, Parks and Rec will make recommendations regarding a lot of these. We have uh, uh, these requests falling under uh, Diabetes Day Camp, WCCAC, the YMCA requests and movies in the park. So I believe that these are recommendations to come from the Parks Commission and uh, they can be forwarded on to the Parks Commission, which meets Wednesday, correct, Ms. Platanis? That is correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that okay with council correct? currently? There's I always yeah. provide them to you so you right. have them, but they are they do go to the Parks and Recreation. And I know uh, Chairman Bass had also requested that we take no action until they have a recommendation. So we're happy to acquiesce. All right, other requests, VFW requests for parking spaces and times at various locations. We have that in our packet. And if anybody wanted to make comments or recommend a motion. This was a request that was that previously was before Borough Council, but Parks and Rec had sent an email to them for further clarification because the parking park cannot be recommended by the Parks and Rec, the Borough Council, who's parking. So we asked for specifics. So they specifically now told you where the parking would be for each of the events. Right. They brought up the, the Memorial Day ceremony and then the wreath laying ceremony and then the Veterans Park ceremony. Correct. Correct. That was in the uh, packet, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. A little bit buried, but. So That's... they then provided the, the additional information. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, if there's any discussion or if anybody would like to make a motion to approve the parking space reservations, uh, looks like seven spaces would be located directly behind the stage owned by the Wayne County Creative Arts Council at Central Park for the Memorial Day service. Um, the service would begin at 11 a.m. and the bridge ceremony would be immediately following. Um, it looks as though the request would be for the wreath drop to happen at 11.45 p.m. Yes. Um, 
and that is within walking distance. Is that our presumption then that they would not require parking along they 12th Street? They actually switch no. bridges. If you recall from your yep. first one, they were going to do oh, from Main Church Street, Street, and now they're going to do from Church Street. But the parking is they still park along 12th Street at the metered parking. At the metered parking. Because is there is no parking on the other side. Correct. Okay. And they're aware of it. And they are aware. Very good. Thank you. Any thoughts or discussions ahead of a... I have a okay. question. Yeah. We're referring to this, right? No, the uh, May 5th of 2022. No, I have it. Should be approved. That's fine. We'll entertain a motion to approve. Uh, I make a motion to approve the request from Mike Slish from VFW Post 531, dated May 5th, 2022. Thank you, Mr. Nilsson. There's a motion on the floor to approve the request for parking allowances on Memorial Day for the ceremonies and services. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Jason Newbon. Is there any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you. All right, Mr. Solicitor, first on reports, please. Briefly, I've done some work in regard to potential amendments to Chapter 160, 179, 195, of course, with the assistance of Ms. Pocahontas. We've also set up an additional use hearing for the first week in June in regard to a property on West Street. And I've also been involved in personnel matters. So I'll have the report tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Henry. Any questions from council for Mr. Henry? Hearing none, we'll move on to mayor's report. Mr. Williams. Thank you. So over the weekend, we had a crash over on 7th and Church Street and the pedestrian was hit. And this has been a problem intersection for before. So you know, without getting too deep into the discussions I've had since the weekend, it's kind of a big, big project to work through. I'll just say that the, you know, that a lot of ideas have been made about recently. I think it's all part of some really productive conversation. And from my own personal perspective, I don't know what the inevitable solution would be or the best one rather to try going forward. Um, you know, and, I, and with that, I don't know if like a return to two-way traffic is that the best solution, and that is something people have talked about. But I'm certainly open to discussing all the options, and it certainly seems like when traffic switched to one way, that created some problems. So um, going forward, assessing as much as possible is kind of where, where I'm at. And with that in mind, I'm uh, starting creating a, uh, a walking working group within the world. And that will be uh, open to the public and council. Whoever wants to wants to come, I'll be making some some announcements about that. But so far, we had a, a couple good little meetups. In addition to a lot of online discussion, a couple good meetups. One was at um, Old Little Avenue and Route Six, where there's a kind of a goofy little intersection there. And the other one is one that we're all pretty familiar with, I'm sure. Terrace Street, Commercial Street, Vine Street, where the Terrace Street loops all the way around in kind of a horseshoe. So I did some site visits there, took some pictures, and that type of stuff will be included in some inevitable plans that I'll put together with this walking working group 
Right. Experience sets. So that's where that stands. That's a topic of interest of mine. Um, little thing. Some people, this is kind of just a note for any dog walkers out there. Just, you know, when you're walking around on the sidewalk, just clean up after them. And give you a few notices about that. And people have pointed to some potential blocks where, you know, the dogs and the, uh, the humans involved have originated from. So I'm going to keep your next eye out and see if I can catch someone in the act and just call them out on it. But um, just be a good neighbor if you're walking your dog and clean up after them. Noticed a few of those out in front of Burnham Hall. I'm sure those were uh, not intentionally placed. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, definitely uh, something that was brought to everybody's attention here about that unfortunate uh, instance on Church Street uh, and 7th Street. And I know that we had just discussed uh, kind of as an aside, but uh, is, is the borough police handling the investigation with regard to that crash uh, currently or Mr. Colombo? Actually, I am. You are? It was, okay. Is there anything you'd like to say regarding that matter currently um, in, with respect to you know, where that investigation stands or, or what might have contributed to that crash? Uh, I actually attributed to that crash, believe it or not, wasn't pedestrian. Um, as we reviewed the vehicle code, uh, pedestrians are required to cross at intersections, whether marked or not, every intersection is considered a crosswalk. Under the Pennsylvania Vehicle Code, there are sections that indicate crossing mid block is against law considered jaywalking. Uh, and with the situation at hand there, that instance, the young lady was turning off of 7th Street on the Church Street, had looked to the right, which is upstream, had gone to proceed to make left hand turn. The woman was not within the confines of that four way intersection. She was approximately 20 feet downstream of the traffic, thus being right in the way of when the young lady turned, striking her. Uh, we need to really be aware of what the pedestrian laws are here in the town of Olesdale and statewide, which is at the intersections is where the crosswalk is supposed to be, not mid-block. If you do cross mid-block, you take the chance of uh, getting struck like this woman had. Uh, it also stipulates that if you are crossing mid-block, the pedestrian is required to be able to regulate the vehicle, not the vehicle to the pedestrian. So unfortunately, in this situation, it actually was the pedestrian's fault. Um, and not drive the vehicle due to the place in the sheet box. And, and real quickly, uh, you know, I, I certainly feel as though any situation where somebody is struck, whether it be their fault or the fault of the driver, it's still an unfortunate thing. And, and I think that what the mayor was speaking to earlier too, is that we're trying to find solutions to, from a systematic standpoint and design standpoint, alleviate any of those potentials for happening. Because as we've seen in the past, there were those instances with traffic coming from the right and somebody turning left. And had we just, I think, had both parties um, being extra cautious can always totally end up agree. with a better totally result. Right. But just to be aware, under the thing they set up, we intentionally had crosswalks on the opposite side so that that does not happen. People choose not to use the mark crosswalk and go where they're not supposed to be. Councilor Jennings arrived at 6.30. That does create an issue, and it is not something that you know, is presented for rent. I just think, go ahead. I get text to reinforce my investigation. If you are on 7th Street, straight across, and you're going to make that left hand turn on the Church Street, you'll see the downstream, the, the downstream side, the curbing is not set up for crossing. 
as we talked about Joe said, it's on the right side, indicating that's where the people should cross so that when a person looks to see if vehicles or something's coming, they would see that pedestrian crossing on that, on that crosswalk. So the curbing intentionally was made so that it's not a crosswalk area on the downstream side. I, I, in fact, real quickly did take note of that the other day walking there randomly and a woman was crossing. I said, hold on, man, that may not be the best course of action. And she did it anyway. And so there are some, some things within our control and some things without outside of our control. And I think maybe that's perhaps where you're mentioning, Mr. Mayor, is like things that are within our control, we should address in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and one thing that's in our control is the design of the streets. So, um, you know, going forward, looking at all the potential redesigns and opportunities to retreat our streets in a safer way for everybody, I think it's something we should look at because the risk of, you know, engaging the transportation network downtown has shifted almost entirely to the pedestrian. And, you know, I was like seeing, and um, there were people I talked to, and they, uh, you know, there are whether the crosswalks marked or not, and whether or not it's safer to walk upstream or not. It's also safe to say that when you're driving and your vehicle is going forward, you know, looking forward is also pretty helpful. So I wouldn't blame the driver or the pedestrian in this case. I would blame poor street design. We've seen over and over again that the street design has been failing the pedestrians for the past decade. Uh, another comment to Councilman McAllister. Uh, our street out here called Chapel and a street over there called Tent. I've heard that little transition called the slide for life. <laughs> and to that extent, this evening, as I was walking the streets, we approached Chapel Street. The driver was looking up Main Street and didn't even see us in the crosswalk and started to turn and the individual as well hey dummy don't be trying to kill me yeah i don't know if this is the proper time or not but we should look into making that street to where you can't hang a finger off the child street that has become an extremely dangerous intersection and people do it's the slide for life they look they hit the stop sign and they think they can shoot straight across those two lanes right down that way in order to get over to church street uh, it's extremely dangerous. I've even seen cars come off of 10th Street and make the right up in the Chapel Street because it's just that little staggered step. Um, maybe through some, some conversations and some things, we can maybe potentially get that. Yeah, do not enter off of Main Street because it's extremely dangerous, especially with school traffic. They all come down Chapel Street to avoid the intersection down there on Fort, and they all start darting right across and try to get down 10th Street. It's extremely dangerous. And more to the mayor's point, too. Our streets were designed initially to be two-way. Then we went to one-way, and that's really all it was done other than building a bridge. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of effort put into, uh, you know, uh, certainly to, to redesign the way that things flow in town from a pedestrian standpoint or a vehicle standpoint. So, you know, those are really important things to be discussed about, I mean, previously, but especially now. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, having seen that, especially through school traffic, it's, it's they just, I think I can make it there and shoot the shirt across two lanes and I angle. So maybe something to look into. I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Sergeant. Yeah. Um, anybody else, Mr. Mayor? <laughs> Very good, thank you. Um, Police Chief's report, I know Mr. Southerton is not here. Um, Mr. Colombo, did you have anything to report on the Chief's behalf? 
He gave me a list. I believe, remember, these are a list of things that she supplied me to discuss with you this evening. First thing he wanted me to bring up was the concerns of the police station. There's been a lot of correspondence back and forth between him, actually myself, and Sergeant Thatcher, with the great concerns of the potential of having uh, the black hole in the air conditioning unit when they were replacing it, along with uh, doing the construction potential that being discussed. We were uh, advised that potentially there was a test done for such things within the confines of the station when these things were found. Um, we are still working within the confines of that police department in that station and unaware as to whether or not any of this is found to be true. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news, Newswatch 16 just posted that this borough had almost an identical situation to what we're dealing with over there where they found potential black holes within their air conditioning unit. Uh, and immediately shut the police stations down and moved all of their staff to a remote location. And they don't even have a positive result for the black hole yet. They're just doing a precautionary measure. The chief was wondering why we have not done anything in that in such matter until we get definitive results as to what our station may or may not contain. Uh, that was the one thing he sent to me. He asked me to ask him about. He wanted me to also ask. Uh, now he believes that the civil service commission has made uh, their determination on the status of James Johnson and that he has been uh, struck from the civil service list. He wanted me to ask if and when uh, a new civil service exam is going to be asked to be held by the civil service commission um, so that we can establish that list yet again, uh, just to have a running list of potential candidates. Right. Just to be wise, let's explain to him that the way that it works is the civil service cannot act on its own. The borough must make a request to the civil service. Correct. And he was wondering if the borough was going to do such thing to establish that this again. Uh, he wanted me to ask that. And so please act upon it. That so we need a choice in the borough. Uh, so we can get that going. Uh, he also wanted me to do a clarification uh, after having reviewed the minutes. The, uh, there is under the Public Safety Committee, the last line in your minutes from last year articulates that uh, Mr. Uh, Councilman, uh, Mayor, I'm sorry, Mayor Williams stated that he found the recent Public Safety Committee meeting helpful, especially since the police chief stated that the work environment was toxic. He wanted me to clarify that that comment was not in any way, shape, or form the members of the police department. He's not stating that the environment within the toxic is toxic within the environment of the guys working there. He wanted me to explain that, that he meant that it's toxic between the working uh, relationship between the police department and the borough. He just wanted me to let you know that it was not the men inside the station. We have a great working relationship with the confines of the station. We wanted me to talk about that. Um, he wanted me to bring up, uh, he saw in the minutes after we received the guys, uh, Mr. Councilman Newmont indicated that there's been several meetings in regards to the police department. He uh, had been spoken out. I understand that there's been some personal matters, and I get that not everybody can be in, involved in those. But in the, in the future going, uh, we ask that if not the chief or even members of the police department, at some point be able to sit down with council and have a conversation as to you know things that are going on or the potential of where the police department is going. 
So if at some point we have a meeting that doesn't deal with direct personnel matters that we get together in that, we would be more than willing any of us to join in on that conversation. Oh, there's one more thing that you wanted me to bring up having reviewed the uh the packet that was sent to us. There is uh, we were reviewing the chapter 195 amendment for the overnight parking. And in there, Mr. Henry, you did see a sentence in there that actually became very disturbing to the police department. Uh, it says, in, if you go down uh, in the second paragraph, you go down to this, if we do not have and are likely not again to have a full time police department. Unfortunately, that's very disturbing to the remaining members of our police department not think that this town is not going to move forward with trying to obtain as many police officers as we can. I understand that we are in a situation just like the EMS Express. There's hardly anybody going to the police academy. There's hardly anybody doing anything. It's the truth in all aspects of public safety. Uh, but to not obtain that full complement again, I can remember uh, having talked with some candidates prior to elections and we all you guys said and there have been several referrals to going back to the Donnie Bishop days. In the Donnie Bishop days, the sergeant sits right there with nine full-time guys and nine part-time guys running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I hope that this sentence that Mr. Henry put within the confines of this document is not true. Uh, I would hope that we're striving for public safety and that we're going to move forward to make this part of the and be able to serve the public the way they deserve to serve. Right now, Sergeant Thatcher and I and Chief Southerton are buried. We lost Lieutenant Lang to the, to the detective's office. We're down on there. We're covering as many shifts as we can, but we're going into the summer months here. And as you know, the influx of, of, of visitors, the vacationers, and the people who own houses is going to double, triple, quadruple. And there's only so much the three of us can do. We're asking, no matter what you intend on doing with the police force, even if it's a temporary fix. I know you have an applicant that's willing to work part-time, and, and the chief wanted me to ask, please act on that, because that would enable at least two guys to work together. Right now, I'm working at night 90% by myself, which is before a midnight shift. Um, and I can tell you that I've been on some pretty sketchy calls, and that I wish that I had to help. When you call for backup, and you hear the state police is an hour away, it's kind of un unresting. Mm -hmm. uh, so, with that being said, he asked that you uh, please address the applicant we should have. Um, potentially, they, are, they would be a part-time officer. They're a half-mill employee, but the individual, as far as I know, is still interested, and I think you'll hear from him later tonight. So, please act upon that and get us the help we need as much as you can in order to try to alleviate some of the stress that Sergeant Thatcher and the Chief and I are under right now. Because not only do we have the stuff that we're answering to call-wise, we now have all the administrative stuff that is not equally dispersed amongst everybody. So now everything that needs to be dispersed about amongst certain rank is now condensed to, to three of us. So I can tell you I've inherited evidence. I've inherited a lot of things on top of what my service duties were. And it's just making it extremely difficult to be able to even get out and patrol due to the amount of work that's being had to be done inside the station. So we actually, whatever we need to do, we need to get some people that can at least be present on the street so that us as administrators can get our basically get the things done in house so that we can get out there and do, and do things and make it a better 
and safer environment for the guys that are working from home. It's extremely dangerous out there. You guys see the news all the time. One man shifts, I get that. that's all we have right now. We're doing the best we can, but it's extremely dangerous and it can only take a split of an eye for somebody to get killed or hurt. And that's unfortunately the environment which society is right now. So I ask that you take into consideration and do what you can in order to help strengthen us uh, and, and potentially act upon this, this part-time individual that, to get us through the summer months because it's it's as you know it's gonna turn ugly here in about a month with the amount of people coming from town. Um, I believe that was all you wanted me to talk about. Just give you my little spin there at the end. Uh, I thank you for your time. Sure, Mr. Colum or Sergeant, tell me um, first off, with respect to the chief, the department head, where is he tonight? He asked me to come here because he said he took the week off and learned that they're going to be working in his office to rectify the air conditioning problem. And he did not want to be exposed to the potential uh, of black mold or the potential of lead paint while they're doing the construction in his office. So he expressed to me that that is why he took the week off. His words again. Okay, and he was parked right outside up front earlier. So. I will confirm that he was, sir. All right, just being clear on that. Mr. Henry, is there anything that we can share with Sergeant Colombo currently, or would we want to prepare a response? Because we do deal with personnel issues well, with regard to- issue, But in regard to the suggestion from my correspondence that I was suggesting that we won't have a full-time police department, that was language that came from the chief himself when we met, and his suggestion was that we take out prohibition of overnight parking during December, January, and February because he couldn't staff the ships on a full-time basis. Those were his words, not mine. And we just try to follow up with that. And that's not, it's not to be disrespectful to the chief, Sergeant Thatcher, or Sergeant Plumbo. That's just the way it was. Understood. Uh, back to the first issue that Mr. Colombo inquired about. I know that, you know, we have been working quite diligently, um, you know, with uh, a contractor and everybody else to to determine what situation has presented itself within uh, the police department there. And Mr. Henry, if you could speak to that, if at all possible, or if we want to prepare a response uh, in regards to Mr. Sergeant Colombo's questions there. We're following up with the uh, testing in the police office or the uh, police chief's office. Uh, the preliminary uh, test revealed the fact that uh, there was less mold in the cubicle area than there is out on the street. But we're trying to do everything possible to make sure that the environment there is safe. And, and, and we're continuing to follow up. Mr. Nielsen has been very uh, uh, proactive in that regard. So is Mr. Thomas. So we're just we're trying to keep everybody safe, but uh, keep the uh, police department running. Understood. Understand. Well, we're, I think the main question was is, is we're trying to find out whether or not we're at risk of anything. Just, I believe we've also, also the unions filed a no request for the test results that have been done because there's been no correspondence. And just having heard that would have given us a little bit of peace of mind, but here we think we are potentially still in there with the unknown risk of black mold or black paint. Just a little bit more communication would be very appreciative, especially since we're talking about our health. Understood. And I think, you know, it's really important, too, to recognize here that, you know, the department head there, the chief, is also 
um, really it's an important role for him to, to help maintain that building and the maintenance that's required on certain pieces of equipment within there too. So let, let's not forget that we need to work cohesively and together on a solution here if, if it does present itself. I totally agree. All we're asking is right. some knowledge along the way as to whether or not we need to take precautionary measures for our health. Are we breathing in, breathing in things that are bad? Things like that, we should really we should have some knowledge. Understood. Um, any council members have any questions, thoughts, or concerns regarding uh, Sergeant Colombo's points that he brought up tonight? All right. I don't hear any. Uh, I, I, I would say this much, and I, I don't speak for council as a body, but here individually, you know, we are in that setting, and I, I want to uh, share a couple different points. I don't believe it's going to get ugly in our town um, as with respect to um, the amount of people in town. I think that that's a really great opportunity to look at how best we can message to the public what best safe practices are out there, both from a traffic standpoint and from you know what their duty is to abide by the law. And I think that it's important for the police department to take that role and take that mantle and be out in the community and making sure that people can understand what their role is in making this a safer community, whether they're visiting or whether they're here long-term. So, so I think that that's part of the, the overall approach that we should be taking as a borough and, and through the department head, the chief as well. Do you not discredit that one bit. The problem here would be able to do what you just explained is sad. If you're stuck behind the desk doing administrative work, out on the street, monitoring traffic, patrolling so they see a police car, it, it, it's, it's extremely difficult without the help. And uh, I mean, we do the best we can with what we have left. There are really only three of us left in that station, which is disheartening to me because when I started in 2000, we had a full nominal. And uh, I remember working with my ship with Sergeant Bishop for 12 years. So, I mean, to, to the police department where it is now is very upsetting to me in a personal matter because I know what it was when I started and where it is today. And, and unfortunately, I believe we've taken 30 steps backwards instead of forwards because we don't have the staff we have in order to give this to the community the due right protection they deserve, which is 24 7. And to your point, I think that, you know, we've seen this transpire not just overnight this has taken a long time to transpire we, we remarked outside um you know when there was a previous mayor in you know back in 2017 all sh ships were filled as best we could as best you could and and so you know that's not beholden to the current administration here because four months in you know you can't make uh, applicants magically appear and i wonder does the police department actually have a strategy that the police has, that the police chief or, or any of the members of the police department have like devised a strategy for recruitment, much like Mr. Fish mentioned, you know, they go out and they recruit. Has the police department come up with any strategy or any incentives to join the police force here in town? That is one of the things that we actually had numerous conversations about. And as Mr. Fish articulated, the best thing for us to do is to actually hold a recruit session. Go to a job fair that like will lock ass, different things like that. Try to draw the recruitment in. Uh, go to the college, although they didn't have a very large class that just graduated. Uh, and just like Mr. Fish said, with the EMS, the, the numbers going to school are very, very limited. Uh, but we did talk about maybe holding an open house at the police station. Come on in, see what it's about. 
you know, uh, maybe you, you fit here. It, different public events, but it's something that I think we have to work in correlation with the public safety committee in order to orchestrate and, and, and figure out, maybe come up with our slogan, our pitch, you know, in order to get somebody drawn in. So we've had, had many conversations, but I think that's a conversation that needs to happen in some sort of a committee following the police department with public safety and say, hey, this is how we're going to go out and sell this place and see if we can't get the recruitment. That's about what everybody's doing. I see a lot of other departments that have resorted to social media. If you go on a Facebook account, you'll see uh, a lot of transfers to Naples, Florida, uh, sign-on bonuses. I mean, everybody across the nation is starving for law enforcement, and they're trying to sell they do little videos, let lights and let the dog loose. So, I mean, we have to sit down and come up with some things in order to make it enticing. And if, if need be, maybe come up with an incentive, a sign on bonus, something along those lines, to try and draw them here to our small town and make and have them think that they can stay here and, and, and live comfortably and maybe have a family, raise it in a nice community. We need to come up with that. That's going to take some ongoing between the police department and the city. Thank you very much. Anything further from council or sorry. Sir, did you have a question or I think if, if we're gonna if we're gonna recognize folks to talk about the issue, we can recognize everybody in a public comment period if possible. Um, you know, if, if you're able to stay till the end, that would be more than helpful. I appreciate it. All right. On to thank you. Next on the agenda, we have Public Works Dan Brown online. Mr. Brown, anything to share with us this evening? Still muted. Can you guys hear me? Yes. All right. Um, the only thing I've got to add is we are going to be starting line painting tomorrow evening. Um, we're going to be starting roughly between 4, 4.30 and working till midnight. We're going to do that for the crosswalks on Main and Church Street for the next three evenings. Um, the pool cover is off for Parks and Rec, and we're getting that up and running at this time. And we have some building projects that we have coming aboard. <clears throat> we're trying to squeak in between this nice weather. We're pushing pretty hard with uh, slower staff, um, with low on staff, I'm sorry. And we're going from there. That's all I have. Thank you much, Mr. Brown. We can move on to stormwater now. Hey, yes. Thanks, Dan, for um, you know the line painting and the crosswalks, and thanks to you to counselors Nelson and Newbon for um, meeting and working to kind of shuffle some resources around for the summer. That's really helpful. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. All right, stormwater. Mr. Jens. Right. Good evening, everybody. Um, I'll give you a high-level view, but I'd like to also some pinch hitters in here in the office because they've been doing uh, quite a bit of work here at the Stormwater Committee. Also, apologies. I have allergy issues, so I sound a little different than normal. Um, so um, as everyone knows, our main area of focus right now is the Crestmont area. Uh, we have an ongoing project up on one Crestmont. Um, we did hit a few snags there, but we're, we're working through that. Um, and then we're continuing to, to do work on um, 209 uh, Forest Street and, and the Crestmont stream up there um, in order to get people 
signed on for survey work and potential um, eventually uh, potential easements. Um, we're not at that point yet because we have to survey the area. In order to survey the area, we have to get everyone to sign on and get permission to be on their property. So we're working on that. And I don't know if there's any additional information um, on that this evening from the solicitor or fiscal tennis. I did send you one, Mr. Langendorfer, uh, his daughter brought in his permission slip. Okay. And we did go out last week, Danielle and I, uh, to the homes that we could get to in between the construction. And uh, some of them indicated that they would sign, but I don't have the paper, they didn't return paperwork. Okay, so it's, it's still ongoing at this point? Yes. Okay. Um, Solicitor Henry, anything to add? And I, I missed your update, so I don't know if you had anything. I apologize. I have nothing else to add. We're waiting for, actually, we're waiting for the more specific reporter suggestion from JHS. Okay, and then from one Crestmont, are we all tied up on that? Um, that one gets, do we know if that one got completed uh, this week? I do not know all the reports that I received. Uh, I have instructed Mr. Mosher that he has to do reports for every incident now. So every report that I received, council received in their packet on Friday, I did not receive anything today. Okay. So all of the projects that were updated, you all of you received them, not just the stormwater commission. Okay, great. Um, we're resolving an issue up on uh, 770 Ridge Street um, with regards to some work that wasn't completed as per the contract. So we're figuring out how to um, navigate that, um, but that sh should be wrapped up um, relatively soon. Um, and then Grove Street, um, I forget the exact address, but uh, PennDOT is actually doing a paving project up there. Um, and with that, they are completing work on the swale um, uh, the culvert, I should say, that is on the side of the road there that has fallen into uh, disarray. So that was one of our projects on our list to try and um, uh, shore up, for lack of a better term, fix it. <laughs> um, it was rocky, it was uh, dangerous, and so um, there's been some temporary work done there um, in order to put some riprap in the um, um, in the culvert and, and um, to restore that um, to you know, working, working order, which is, which will be a nice, uh, a, a nice thing. So um, as for the rest of the stormwater committee, I don't have anything else to add. I don't, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Mr. Callister. No, I do not. And then any additional information from uh, Judy, do you have anything else? No, other than reports that I disseminated from Mr. Mosher. Yeah, those are deeper dives into some of the projects that we were talking about. Uh, we're also um, researching uh, our previous um, H2O grant um, entry. Um, so that's something that we are working towards and that would be um, a study of the entire hillside and down into 4th Street again, um, applying for that grant. So that's again, uh, the basis of this multi-million dollar project that we've been talking about when we first went, um, undertook that grant opportunity. Uh, we didn't get it, unfortunately, but we've been asked to resubmit um, if at all possible. So uh, we're going through the, um, we're going through the uh, proper uh, procedures in order to, to ready that grant submission um, by review it. We're gonna have to review the 2020, I think it was 2020 or 2019 submission, um, see what updates are needed and then uh, move forward with either the H2O grant or a similar uh, program. So. 
think that's it. Again, I apologize that I was late. Thank you for your patience um, and the discourse. And um, I think that's it for the stormwater committee at this point. Thank you, Mr. Jennings. Uh, Mr. Bonson, I know you usually like to utilize this time after hearing what the committee report is. Is there anything you'd like to share with us this evening? I know you signed up on the agenda for public comment. Thank you. Again, I thank you for your time. The only thing is, guys, honestly, we, we, we need more information than we're getting. And I know you know we need more information. It seems like we're, I don't know, it's just like the seventh month now I'm here and we're right back to where we started from. How do we get the information? Four or five minutes here, I'm not accomplishing anything. I ask questions privately, publicly, on video, on audio, whatever we're doing here, okay? We don't have any more answers than we did seven, eight months ago, 13 years ago, 20 years ago. Somebody's gotta tell me where the water's, because somebody's gotta get a grip on this. Now I ask questions in writing. I got no response, not even a don't bother us. I got nothing, okay? How do, how do I communicate? How do I tell the other neighbors they're on my shirt tails trying to figure out what's going on? I said I'd cooperate, I'll give you what you want, but it's a give and take. You want us to cooperate with an unknown. We can't cooperate with an unknown. We're full cooperation, we want it fixed. And yes, you did run into snags on the corner. One Crestmont's still a problem. You hit stuff that you didn't think you were gonna hit. Ask somebody that knows what's going on. I mean, really, I, we're, we're, we're disappointed. We know we're, like you said, you're four months in. Okay, Mr. Jennings has been wonderful. You've done all you can. Everybody else has cooperated. Mr. McAllister, he, I mean, we get it. We know what it is, but nobody's doing anything about it. It's beyond how much is it going to cost. It's all of that. There, nobody's even saying what you're trying to do. I don't know. And I've been here seven months asking. We still don't know. You get as good as you give. This is a problem. I don't, I'm like almost speechless. I, I really don't know what to say to you. I'm not going to stand here and argue, use five minutes. I've been doing this too long now. Too many months have gone by. We need an answer. Task force, if there's still a task force or whatever, I mean, some we need to know what's happening there. So, one of the snags we were hitting is that we can't get the permission. We haven't gotten the permission from people to get surveyed of the property. We have the project outlined by this this map that I displayed yesterday last month. It's covering the stream as much as we can, running new piping where the existing piping was, and then also working on the Forest Street side and the Texas Township side to mitigate the flow of water from Texas Township into and onto what amounts to Lake's property and your property. No, we un believe so, me, we understand each other. I know, okay. so I, but I, I want to give you what you want. I want that's my no, job. No, and and, and I do believe you're trying, like. but I'm asking the questions of we already knew and we have maps and we and, and I keep referencing it, and I'm tired of even hearing myself, which is hard to believe, but I, I, I really don't want to hear myself anymore. No, I mean, re really, Mr. President, honest to God, 
I really, this is a waste of time. The ultimate goal is we're either fixing it or we're not fixing it. Somebody's got to fix it. Like, and much to Mr. Jang's point, Mr. Bonson, you know, I don't want to go necessarily point to point, but what I do want to do is share that it is in process of getting fixed. I understand that. Right. It's been in process for decades. Okay. That's not in your watch, but right. trust me, decades, and there's all kind of documentation that shows it. And I ask the questions, just tell me the answers to the questions. And I won't, I won't be looking at every sandbag I see at houses that are, even the police department, they're, 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 they're driving around. They see stuff that I, I mean, I, I shouldn't be looking. Let's just figure, because we're back to where we were seven months ago. The water that's above us, why are you, it shouldn't be just the Honesdale borough that has to pay for this. We're being flooded from a higher authority, okay? Where are they at? I keep asking, how much are they contributing? So far, it's zero. But if they're the problem, seven months ago, I stood here and I said to Mr. Hen, I don't want your job. I wouldn't want the job because I have to chase you guys. You guys have to chase them. And that's what he's got to do, not me. I see they have, my, my wife shows me minutes and she says, oh, look at the school district is opening up a bid here. And do they have permits? For, what are they doing? The other day in the Wayne, whatever it's now, Wayne Independent, they're up there worrying about three baseball players' families saying, oh, the field is very wet. Oh, we're going to take care of that. They shouldn't be able to do that. So they fixed the problems that are existing already. I played baseball up there when I was a kid. And if it wasn't quite smooth in the ball, you had to figure, you gotta watch for the bounce. They think they're in the national league. You know, come on. What about PPNL went through with the lines? PPNL, when they went through with that massive project up there, just from past experience, they're one of the greatest utilities to work with. Did anybody tell them there was a problem? Did you needed a holding facility there? They would have they would have had a, that absorbed right into that multi-million dollar project. They went through Texas Township, down through the horseshoe, across Route 6, they're in the borough. And again, previous council, where were they? How about G's people now? Absorbed this year 200, $300,000 retention place for us around the Murray Park. Absorb that in. I'll bet you they would have did it. Wouldn't it cost you a dime? But I'm the dumbest guy here. So, I, I mean, I guess I, I'm this, this really is starting to feel like I'm wasting my time. Either somebody's got to, we want the information. You want cooperation, we want in. We, we want to know what's going on behind the scenes. And when I say we, there's other neighbors there too. I already sent you an email and it says, my paper is in your hand as long as I have 24, I, I'm not gonna pull it out and read it, I'm out of time, okay? Do you have mine as long as I know somebody's coming? Because I'm not gonna walk around, I have a little dog, my wife is on oxygen when she asked. The dog doesn't even let the mail truck come near the house. You were there, you know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm, I'm ready to cooperate, where is everybody? You know what, I, I really don't want to stand here and do this. I, 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 I've done this too many times to you. And I don't, I don't have any answers. We're working on it, that's great. 
And I'm 65 years old next week. And you know what? 13 years from now, probably three years from now, I'm not going to be here. My patient, I, really, it's the, I didn't want to, I, I really just want to say, okay, no comment. And leave, but, you know, come on. And Mr. Bonson, I'll just wrap up with, with just noting that we are here two times a month to carry out the borough's business and update the public on projects relating to every facet of the borough. And if, if possible, we can update you in the interim, in between those weeks, we are going to do that. You have, you have numerous times we before, have. but everybody went silent once I start putting in writing. So it verbally doesn't work, writing doesn't, because here's the thing, in private conversations with a few of you, so we're not gonna point fingers, we're not gonna name names, Hire a borough manager or somebody. You people have jobs, you have families to support, okay? Turn this over to somebody else and tell them, here, here's what we have, here's what we need. Somebody go check on these people. You have a family to feed. Mr. Jennings has a family to feed. Everybody else here, I think, is employed. You need some help. This fellow here, he's saying he needs help. God forbid I need an ambulance. You know what I'll do now? Now that I'm more aware now than these other meetings when I've heard, you know, the calls by the gentleman there would always give out the information. Now that you hear that, I got to make sure I can pick my wife up and get her in the car to get her to a hospital because I'm not going to sit there and wait. I mean, it's a shame. And I understand Mr. Jennings can't fix it. You can't fix it. The rest of the council, Mr. McCaffrey. You know, the policeman, he's, they're on 20 calls. Maybe they'll call Forest City. Maybe they'll come over and help them or something. I mean, honest to God, it's a shame. Everybody is stretched. But now I'm stretched. And you know what? You could, you could get me off your back if you just give me the answers that I ask to the questions. Answer the questions. Because when I don't get the answer, I continue to look farther. And the farther you look, the worse it all gets. Just give me the answers. Thank you for being okay. persistent and coming out. Well, I'm persistent, but I'm I'm starting. You're you're wearing me down, but I'm never out. Don't ever count me out. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. I yeah. really appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Any much? Anything further? Stormwater. All right. Buildings committee, Mr. Nelson. Mr. Newba. Make it short. Go ahead. All right. Uh, buildings committee report. Uh, Myself and Councilman Newbon met with uh, DPW Brown to go over a couple of repairs and fixes around the, this building and the police building. And they're being scheduled, but they're going to be pushed back because they have a, well, I think Dan Brown's still on. They have three guys now, DPW. <clears throat> so they have to prioritize painting the lines, the safety lines. So they're going to push back a couple of things around here, but that's fine. So some of the things they're going to get done is they clean the parking lot which we needed that, all the anti-skids gone now. They're taking care of the ramp on the police building, which looks a hell of a lot better now that they cleaned up all the broken stuff on there, but that's gonna get fixed. Um, then they're gonna power wash the buildings and then paint them. So that's coming. Uh, also, uh, uh, this Wednesday, the air conditioner is gonna be completely finished in the chief's office. So, provided that the... <laughs> Cross your fingers, but it should be done on Wednesday. And we'll have a follow-up with that uh, by Friday. I'll have a follow-up. But that's it for buildings right now. Thank you very much. Even just the, the, the minor uh, issues that we've addressed, you know, and major issues that we're addressing, I think are chipping away at this 
debt of inaction that uh, others have mentioned here in the borough. And, mm -hmm. and I think that 2022 has shown that, that this council especially, along with the administrative staff and everybody else are dedicated to making sure these issues are addressed as soon as humanly possible. If we could snap our fingers and make, you know, this whole place painted, and, you know, the birds sing, you know, and, and we would, we would, but it takes time and effort and collaboration like these gentlemen have worked with to get these crosswalks painted. So again, thank you for working together as a, as a body to do this. In last meeting, we made a motion to hire superintendent. Uh, to date, zero applications to date. And I'd like to see at least one, that'd be nice, but I don't know, we'll see. There's a lot of job openings in the borough. I think there's a lot of job openings in the borough, but I don't see any applications coming in. My son only just turned nine, but as soon as he can humanly get a job, Mike will be on it. He'll have a moving equipment. Anything else further for Billy? Just to thank you for working with uh, the public safety yeah. at uh, building project back. We really mm -hmm. appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Economic and Revitalization Committee report. I know that uh, Greater Homesdale Partnership um, is usually on virtually with uh, their executive director. I'm not sure if Ms. Burns is on tonight. I don't believe so. And Mr. Newbon and Mr. Jennings, if you had any brief updates or, or just a, a, a prolongment of, of discussion with that. Uh, we don't have any specific updates, but in regards to public safety, the downtown revitalization plan was heavy on pedestrian experiences, and part of that was safety um, in a major way, included large bump outs, um, better sight lines, um, better um, access to crosswalks. So those are the things that we're going to continue to pursue both in the grants committee, but also with the economic uh What's it called? Economic Defense and Revitalization Committee, in order to make the um, that plan a reality. So, um, not only is it a beautification, um, it's a reimagining a little bit of what we can do from a modernization standpoint for our historic downtown, and that includes safety measures such as incorporating the RRFBs, but also curb bump outs, safer, um, shorter lines for people to walk um, across the street, and uh, better crosswalk experiences. So. Um, we're going to continue to pursue that. It's, it's part of a major plan. It's funded by the state, um, and that's something that is a top priority for us, um, you know, across the board. Good. Thank you. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry, Mike, I mean, when you're looking into that stuff, I don't. I understand that it may fall out of economic situation by removing a parking space, but if you notice when you come off these side streets. You go to look up, especially when you're coming to the main street side. Mm -hmm. There's a car right there in that, like, in that parking space. To see the traffic coming is virtually impossible to where you have to creep out. Mm -hmm. If in that revitalization plan, you guys can look into uh, potentially alleviating that parking space, I get that it's an income that we would be removing by taking the meter out and pushing it back. But if we are, if things are going to stay one way for now, I think it's imperative that we're looking to get in that side line, uh, at least one more space back to give that person coming off the side street more of a visual. Because right now, as you know, the cars come pretty quick down and trying to get out of there is very difficult. But if you could look into potentially uh, bumping that site picture back another space, I think it would be a more safer implementation. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a it's a great point, especially whether it's a car. A lot of times the truck makes it very very difficult yeah, to get to the scene. 
So um, a bump out would definitely, it not only decreases the point to point um, crossing, but also enhances visual visualization. I believe the parking removal of some parking spaces, I know that's sacrilegious for a lot of people, but um, parking spaces were a consideration in that in those new designs. So uh, the revitalization plan was designed with the one way in mind, um, thinking that was a permanent thing. So um, that's that's the goal is to, to make the, the downtown a better overall walking experience, both from an aesthetic standpoint, but also from safe, more importantly, a safety standpoint. Thank you for sure. And those bump outs too would hopefully decrease the speed of traffic and the awareness of drivers far more than the current situation. You notice, you notice Holly Burrow did that. Right. Yeah. I have talked to Chief Drake, but I'm assuming that it might be working. Sure. Um, this I may interrupt. I drive through Holly quite a bit. Holly traffic is about one tenth of home sales traffic. It is nowhere as comparable to us. No. I guess, but I'm hoping that they're bump outs because I think that's why they did it as well. That hopefully it's slow traffic. Well, this that my point is no traffic is slow oh. when you go through there because it's so when there is traffic, it's completely congested, so nothing's moving. And then other times there's just nobody there. It is too late. I know, but there's just no traffic. <laughs> also, I'm going to make this very clear to you guys. I've been on Main Street for 30 years. When we had two-way traffic towards the end, it was complete gridlock. Complete gridlock during the summer, nothing moved. The good old days. The good old days. Good nothing old moved. Days. Yeah. People yeah. told me consistently that they did not come to Homestead because they couldn't get through town. They bypassed it any way they could. So, I mean, I understand everybody's concerns, but I understand that the day we switched, I'm going to just say this, I've said about 10,000 times. When I saw the original plans to go to one-way traffic, I said, what the heck, how is this going to work? I don't see how it's going to work. The transition it made in traffic was incredible. When I used to come to work every morning prior to when it was still two-way traffic, I would pull out from High Street onto West Street to come to Park Street. I had to sit there 10 to 15 minutes waiting for one car to let me out. So I would sit and stare at people and sort of plead, like, please let me out. Well, and if, somebody if, let me if out. I may, if I may know, the revitalization plan was designed with two-way right. traffic. For those who are questioning what's happening here, the reality is, is that the two-way, the one-way traffic made the town able to travel through at a reasonable time. Thank you, Mr. Distributor. So, no, I'm not saying you're not traffic. I'm just trying to figure out the ways to make it safer for people. Well, especially traffic, we've got to look at different options to make it safer. But the, the, many people believe that the good old days was the two-way traffic, and I'm telling you from personal experience of watching traffic. I used to stare out the window, and what I saw happen was incredible. I mean, it was so bad, and it got so much better. That's the reason I talked so much about it because I didn't think it was going to work, and the stupid thing worked, and it worked really well. It's so I guess, I guess right now we just need to fine tune it a little bit. But you got to make it better. There's no yeah. question. But to believe that going back to one to two way traffic is going to make things better, it will stop accidents because there won't be any cars moving. So it makes it real easy, and that's how it was before. I was just I'm not saying shit up there, but. It cracked me up that I would be in my window in my store waiting on a customer. I'd look across the street and see a car parking, car coming down the street by the pavilion. I'd wait on the customer and look back, and during that five, two or three minutes, the car moved two spaces. I would go out and wait on another customer, look back, and now it came almost even with my store. Wait on another customer, look back, and they were about far away down. That's how it was. So I said, for those that think that those were the good old days, you have to understand how bad those good old days were for people coming through the community. Mr. Jello, uh, this is Councilman McAllister. I have secured and dealt with this concept of the 
the one-way and the two-way for about 10 years now. And we did have over 1,000 visiting shoppers sign a document that they wanted two-way traffic. I presented it to council and the council said to me, they don't vote here. <laughs> so I can only tell you my I'm not sure that that was a good idea. However, at the time that it was one was two-way traffic, that was prior to the existence of the Church Street Bridge. The whole point of the bridge was to open up the access and the egress to this community. And the, the engineers designed it so that the object was to move the traffic through Holmesdale, not to let them stop and shop here, but to move it through. And they have succeeded. At the same time, your ability to manage your business and get more parking and, and operate more effectively is not just the fact that it's one way, but because I'm right now, I've seen traffic backed up from the 4th Street Bridge mm -hmm. to 11th Street mm -hmm. more than once. Yeah, you whack, every whack, single whack day. Whack is one lane blocked. That's what happens. When well, there's a blockage down. Because they don't have access two ways off of Church Street back to Walmart or whatever. But that's, that's an engineer issue. I don't know how it's going to work. But I do think that the two-way traffic would be more effective if the if the Church Street Bridge was two-way. Mm -hmm. But that's that's a whole other complication, and, and I don't think it can be I'm resolved. I'm also saying sitting down here at the Fourth Street accidents we almost every couple days. Study for that. I don't okay. say what they lived in on Fourth Street accident after accident after accident. Since we went to the one-way traffic, there's no accidents on Fourth Street anymore. They just aren't there. And just for point of order, everybody here, we, we, these are things that we talk about. Like I talk with my wife, I talk with you know, neighbors and everybody. We could definitely get into these discussions too at a committee level and like study and, and bring these things as the mayor's mentioned is walking audits and everything to bring this all to fruition and, and discussing it in front of the public tonight is really important so that everybody can understand how weighty these issues are or complicated. But we also just want to keep it, I think, you know, where we're productive from a conversation. So, awesome. Are we good on the economic revitalization? Well, it is. It is part of it, absolutely. And that's, you know, from that committee standpoint, the GHP plan and everything else will will hopefully alleviate, you know, safety concerns and traffic concerns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. All right. On the finance committee. Let's talk numbers. Sure. Actually, not too much from the finance committee meeting or uh, committee tonight because we're meeting this week. But um, I will say, just start thinking about things that, from your perspective on your committees, you know need to go in the budget, and then make a separate list of things that you would like to go that would be nice to go. That's how we've handled it in the past. That works pretty well. Um, over the next three months or so, start thinking about those things. But uh, unless Mr. McAllister has something to add, I think. No, I think we're Pretty in good. the process of trying to assess the future. And certainly we're confronted with uh, utility increases. We're, we're confronted with the same problems everybody else is. And as we approach it, uh, hopefully we'll have some good perspectives and insight on what we will try to uh, evaluate how we can raise the revenue and or assess the financial issues and evaluate what's the priority as far as how we approach dealing with the finances. Thank you both very much. We appreciate your attention to those financial concerns. Um, always at the top of mind here. Um, speaking of grants committee, 
anything further there? I know we've had some discussions at the committee level, but maybe it's anything to bring to light. And, um, uh, what's today? Monday? Tomorrow. Yeah, we meet tomorrow. God almighty. Uh, we meet tomorrow officially, so we'll have a, a full update uh, to their next meeting, two weeks. Um, unless you have something. Thank you both. Any questions? Uh, this goes back, Junior, you might be able to answer this one. What that is, is it's called a performance grant. It all started back in 1991 when the state went into And so when we actually had a recycling program, we actually set up businesses in town who we were mandated to recycle because of our population. Then the population drops, they're not mandated anymore. Businesses that we already had set up with the county to go out and take their recyclables to them get weighed for free. And then they unload. And then that recycling, the borough can claim as recycling for the borough. We also would claim anything we picked up in a collection program. The borough no longer, you know, the borough ended its recycling program. But we still have several very dedicated businesses that still go out with the weight slip. And we can only get that grant if we get the weight slip. And so uh, thank you for those four or five businesses that do that. And therefore, we think we're getting what 300 and some dollars. And so that that will be coming. Thank you. Insurance committee, Mr. Agello. Thanks. Uh, really. One is we had a request from Select Insurance on issues primarily with background checks, uh, employment, et cetera. And we contacted our labor attorney, which has written response to them, and we still have to. Okay, so anyway, we have the sponsor. We just have to write uh, to Mr. Townsend, fill in a couple of blanks we need, and then we'll sign it, get that off requested. And um, the second was with Attorney Henry. We're still working. Uh, just Judy, do you know we stand with the subcontractor? Okay, I'm sorry. I have noise on this side, and you were so low. I know you're okay, speaking I'm into sorry. the microphone, but I can't hear up. you over sorry. here. I'm asking about the subcontractors that Attorney Henry was working on. Have we gotten word on that? Uh, yes, we had a report for tonight, but he's now just left the, the committee yeah, of so that we'll council room, but he's still reviewing it and he's actually going to rewrite it. Okay. He does not like the, well, speaking on behalf of him, but I'm hoping he backs me up. From what I understand from our verbal conversation is that the wording in what was presented to us from select, which they asked the borough to use is not acceptable to our solicitor. He wants to rewrite it so it will actually work and then we can present it to all of our Okay, very good. Thank okay. you very much. And that's when all he I comes have back, we can verify that. All right. Thank you. We can share it. Do you have anything else to add? I think that's it. Um, the things that you reviewed that you um, referred to personnel will be dealing with on Wednesday. So. Okay, very good. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Agello, Mr. Newbon. On to parking committee, Mr. Newbon or Mr. McAllister. Um, so I was 
we did have a uh, bargaining committee meeting and we I decided to crawl over to the finance people and they were nice enough to uh, give me an extra $1,500 in my budget so we could purchase 25 more new parking meter heads. We already put the 25 in out there. We're going to go ahead and update and so I have the money in my budget to do that. So I instructed uh, asked Mr. Dan Brown to go ahead and, and order those and uh, they should be coming hopefully rapidly. Trying to get those in as quick as we can as prices of everything go up. And then I also have a motion. Um, uh, we have SMF Consulting coming in town to do some work. So I have a motion to issue them some parking passes. I move to issue five parking permits to SMN Consulting LLC for use at borough meters while doing inspections. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Newbon. Is there a second? Second, second from Mr. Nilsson. Uh, any discussion on the motion? SFM is the SFM. zoning people? Yes. All right. Yes. Make sure it's the right people. So. Hearing no discussion, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Okay, do we want to get Mr. Jennings' vote on that so we'll do seven? Sure. We aye. were, he says aye. He says aye. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Thank so, you. unless Mr. McAllister has anything, I have nothing further to report. No, I have nothing further. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Algella, did you want to dovetail? Uh, Tony, you want to circle back? Circle back. Proper wording today is correct. Circle back. Circle back. Attorney Henry, on the we skipped the letter for the insurance company for the subcontractors. Ms. Volcanis said that you are working on rewriting that letter for for stadium, I guess it was, wasn't it? He was reviewing the contract. the insurance committee discussion sure. um, about the um, uh, background checks. Right. Did we get to that yet? Yeah, what we're, what we're doing on that, just to go back to, is that uh, our labor attorney has written response to selective to let them know what we're doing. That is, we can take care of Judy. I assume that's correct. No, that, <laughs> that is, the labor attorney prepared a letter for both the insurance committee chair and the personnel committee chair to sign. Because from that meeting, the response was written. I sent both you a copy and um, Jared Newbon a copy. A copy downstairs for you to review. There's three blanks that need to be filled in. Okay, one of them is when all of the requirements that they put forth to Borough Council in that letter um, that you receive 
will be implemented. There's a due date. There is also a date uh, also a name. They want to know who will be doing the, the national, the federal background checks. And then the third one, there's a, I don't know if you have your letter there. There is a third blank there. Uh, and what Ms. and what Councillor Jennings is saying is, you know, that date is arbitrary. You need to respond back to selectors of when you were given the personnel committee time to implement all of those changes they have to make in the employee handbook. So he's asking, is that going to be sooner or later? And he's hoping it'll be later so it won't affect this season's employees, if I summarize you correctly. Yeah. Pretty much. I sent an email this afternoon, so you get a minute to read it. Okay, so I guess that means the personnel language, Judy, then I guess. Well, the, the letter was drafted by the attorney. Right. Is both you and, and and Jared would need to come up with the dates to go in those three blanks. Right, they should meet. You mean after the meeting and you can get it signed tomorrow. I told okay. Potentially, potentially, just review my email. Yes, I, did, I did. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Sir. Appreciate it. Sorry to backtrack. On we the... would like that letter out as as soon as possible. Yes. The attorney. All right. We've circled back. Now we'll circle forward. Thank you. Uh, we've discussed parking on the parks and rec. Mr. Jennings, Mr. Nelson. Cool. Um, can we take this? No, you can. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Parks and Rec. So there's a couple things here. We've been in talks with the Lions Club. Again, they're um, amazing community partners up at the pool. I mean, for everything that they do, but definitely at the pool as it pertains to us. Um, we're in the process of finalizing a scholarship program um, with them, uh, with the excess funds that they had, the remaining funds, I should say, from the pool project in order to have um, certifications reimbursed or paid for by um, uh, for our, our lifeguards so it's a big hurdle for people it's a couple hundred bucks um, a lot of these kids are 15 through 18 years old lifeguard shortages are crazy so um, anything that we can do to get the pool staffed uh, we're, we want to do it and it's it's a huge life skill for kids um, um, growing up it's it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for them to get um, you know, uh, needed certification for, for, for job skills. So um, we're excited for that. And then on top of that, as as many people may know, or maybe you don't, they donated the uh, pavilion up at the pool, um, which is a beautiful spot. It's concrete flooring. It's got a nice cover. It's got electricity. Um, and what they really want to do is um, solidify um, their community partnership with a sign on it. Um, I, we're working with them to finalize that. So, um, but they they asked us if it would be okay if they do that. So with that, there's a motion um, and I move that Honesdale Borough submit the sign permit for the sign naming at the pool pavilion. Second. Motion on the floor for Mr. James Jennings, second for Mr. David Nelson. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you. Um, item B here, pool personnel hiring. Um, there's only the one, right, Judy? That's what we discussed. There's only one that has an application in. Okay, there's cool. multiple ones that are attempting to get the application. Yeah, in. so that's what the second one is. Okay, cool. So we do have one lifeguard to hire, Peter West. Um, he has his certifications, which is wonderful. So 
Uh, we're exciting to, excited to have him back. Um, I move that Honesdale Borough Council offer conditional employment based on the successful background check, reference check, and other pre-employment requirements as lifeguards to the following. Peter West. So motion on the floor for Mr. Jennings. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you. Great. Um, uh, item C here is the authorization to hire outside of the council meeting. So why is that important? Um, we, as Ms. Boltana said, we have upwards of between six and 10 people who have expressed interest. They need certifications or they need recertification. They haven't gotten their applications in just yet. So um, given the tight timelines that we have between now and the next council meeting, um, the Parks and Recreation Commission is requesting that, or we'll have a motion to hire the pool personnel um, to a similar way that we just did Peter West mm -hmm. within the committee itself. So that we're covered in order to open the pool season for the first few weeks of June. Um, so that's the background there. Um, so with the motion, I move that Borough Council authorize the Parks and Recreation Committee uh, with the authority to hire personnel to fill pool positions for the 2022 season and then to ratify such action, such action at a subsequent meeting. Mr. Jennings with a motion. Is there a second? Second. Second for Mr. Jared Newbon. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. The Parks and Rec Committee will be able to hire lifeguards but in the same manner as Peter West, based on background checks, references, and employment. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Sorry. That would be Mr. Jennings and Mr. Nelson. Yep. I'll do that one again. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? <laughs> Hearing none, motion carries. Thank you. Um, and the last item here, D, is just an update. Um, had a really nice stroll with Deborah Perch and her family through the Park Street um, Riverside Park that's adjacent to the Y. Um, she uh, lost her sister in the last few years and her, her friends had donated a tree um, in memorial um, to the borough. So she would, they had requested that the tree be put alongside a Riverside Park and one of them near alongside the upcoming trails. Um, so we walked the park and found a location for what um, we're hoping to be, uh, we're planning to be, and this is a larger discussion, um, some sort of memorial garden. Um, so it's not just maybe like a standalone tree or something kind of wild. It's like something native, um, something that's a nice contemplative space alongside the river that overlooks, um, you know, where the access is going to be and everything like that. So currently it's just a guardrail between the dirt lot at the YMCA and our, our nice park um, there on Park Street. So um, all parties were agreeable and that's going to be like a, the next phase is to kind of plan that into something that looks like it was planned and not just a, a planted tree somewhere or a tree somewhere. So um, everything would be like a native planting and we'd work with the Parks and Recreation Commission um, to, to make that happen as well as the committee obviously and any anyone who's interested. So we wanted to give people um, set aside honest to goodness space where if if these requests came in, we could have, you know, an appropriate space to, to honor these people. So um, much like the Barris Memorial is down the street a little bit, um, this would be like a nice memorial garden area. So um, thanks to Judy and Dan and, and Skip and the rest of the crew kind of walked us around and, and kind of helped point us in the direction of where this thing could land. So uh, we're really excited. And, and I know that Miss um, Birch was, was really grateful for our time. So look for that hopefully in the next uh, few months here. 
And I think that's pretty much it. Thank you, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Thank you. On to public safety, or sorry, personnel committee, Mr. Newbon, Mr. Jenkins. Sure, just uh, really two brief things from personnel uh, this evening. And I think everyone received um, a copy of the rules of conduct, but I will um, have that dispersed again tomorrow just to make sure you all have it. Um, I haven't heard any comments, so I assume that's a good thing. But if you do have comment, please get that back to us as soon as possible. We'd really like to have that approved at the next meeting. So, um, and then also the PTO policy. I know everyone's gotten that as well. Um, I haven't heard any comment there either. But we did have some kind of some better information provided today. So I think the committee's going to look at that Wednesday morning and, and see um, how we can go about having the best policy that, that works for us and works for the taxpayers. That's all I have from personnel, unless Jim has something else. No, I just appreciate everybody's time and kind of working through. As we've all mentioned here, everyone needs a hand. Um, everyone needs some space to think and some, some space to do their, their best work. And so that's what the personnel committee is trying to unwind um, and figure out what the best path forward is for the borough. Um, not just in the near term, but you know, a sustainable model for us to, to have from our admin standpoint, DPW standpoint, whatever it is. We just want to make uh, government work for everybody, uh, so um, uh, and especially the employees. So appreciate the feedback that we've gotten and, and the input that we've gotten from not just uh, the rest of the committee, but the the admin staff and, and other people who are are helping kind of shape what that looks like. So I appreciate everybody's time and commitment to that. Thank you, gentlemen. On to public safety committee, Mr. Dubon, Mr. McAlister. We did have a public safety meeting and we discussed. One of the hot topics is the, the traffic and the crosswalks and, you know, just to open up a dialogue on what can potentially be done there. And then we also continued with our discussion with the police department and came up with a list of questions that we're now pursuing answers to on you know, some of the ideas that we had to pursue. So we want to do it right. We want to, we want to take our time and make sure that what we're doing is in the best interest of everybody. So, you know, we're moving forward with, uh, with questions that we, that we need answers to. Um, other than that, unless Mr. McAllister has anything? No, nothing further. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, workplace, sorry, Streets Committee and then Workplace Safety. Uh, streets, Mr. McAllister. <laughs> I think we've discussed that fairly well this evening. Okay. I don't see any reason to go beyond that. Very good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Workplace Safety, then, Mr. And uh, there's no Workplace Safety report uh, at this time, but we'll be holding meeting later. I have a question about streets. I don't know if we got an update on paving of Church Street. Yeah, I know that's been something that has been kind of brought up, but that seems like a pretty big deal that we want to get ahead out of ahead of, you know, from a communication standpoint. Once we have some information on that, yes, we don't have a definitive. We do know the CWRA is going to do some work before they pave, um, but the contractor has not released any time frame yet. We are trying to get some sort of time frame as we discussed we're going to be putting stuff on social media as each of the utilities and their vendors get back to us we will be just putting out general stuff saying ugi is doing these streets aqua is doing these within the next four to six weeks or something because we're not going to have definite weeks of when they're going to be doing it the brown street bridge will be closed all of this is all happening at the same time and hopefully we'll be all done before the fair yeah, two, two items of suggestion there. Um, one, from a stormwater standpoint, the drainage on Church and Main Street are a bit lackluster, I guess you'd say. 
uh, storm catch basins here, all of the waters here. Um, so that's something, a definite consideration. I don't know if we can have conversations with them or not, you know, anytime soon. I'm sure that Mr. Brown's working on that or something like that, but any planning and consideration that we can do from a stormwater standpoint would be greatly appreciated. And then just to briefly touch on a safety standpoint, one of the key intersections that we're talking about too from a Church Street standpoint is the northern boundary of uh, Central Park, 10th Street, uh, not just the Main Street entrance, but uh, shortening the distance between getting from Central Park to where the dentist office is, I think it is, mm -hmm. on 10th Street. I mean, if we could talk to PennDOT to split the cost or to do a project there where we just create a bump out mm -hmm. right there where it defines the parking spot, shortens the distance between people where people have to walk on Church Street, that's that's a, like a low-hanging fruit win, in my opinion, especially if they're going to be paving it and doing road work on it. So those are the conversations that if we are talking with PennDOT, if they could just be like kind of quick bullet points that we could look to to get some answers on because while they're doing it we might as well ask the question at least and if they say no they say no but if they say yes it's a win for for Honesdale for sure do you know which bump out because pendat has specific models and then you'd have to hurry up and get a pendat okay so that then we could deal with perhaps their subcontractor Got you it. know who the contractor is that's going to do the paving oh. but perhaps we can have them do something at the same time but the borough would have to get a permit just okay. like the borough is getting permit for that stormwater work on Main and Church Street that you talked about. Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, very good points, Mr. Jenks. I walked over with Mr. Carney. He was headed to another thing, but he pointed out mm -hmm. the, the issues of water pooling there on Church Street. And he, here are the berms, here are you know, the curbs and everything. So if we could you know, do right by you know, drivers, pedestrians, residents, all through that corridor, and, and have it all done the right way because as Mr. Nielsen's pointed out, it's frustrating to see things take place, a lot of uh, upheaval and then it's paved and then they go back in and they they, they, they readdress something that probably should have been addressed yep. initially. I think that's more to Mr. Jennings' point there too. Yep. Um, the other question then that I had based on what, what you brought up was Chapel Street has been worked on. Do we know if there's still more closure there to, to real, because it's really, Rough right now, I don't know. and and I would only assume in the short term, hopefully that those companies, those utilities, and contractors plan to smooth out that. It is my understanding that UGI now is trying to work with that contractor because they have two projects that are right in there that impact it, and they were waiting to get. Now, Mr. Brown, you're still on. You may have heard more, but it's my understanding that UGI wants to come in. <laughs> now and do that before uh, it is restored back. Could we expedite that only because of the long-term, you know, I'm waiting for a letter from EGI because they're gonna ask the borough if they could close Commercial Street while they do this one project, which is right at Commercial and Chapel, okay. just that one small section. But I have not gotten the correspondence from EGI yet. Hmm. Dan, Brown. do you have anything you wanna say on that? Right now, um, this is DPW Director Dan Brown. I have no updates on that at the time being, on that UGI stuff. I, I just know the way that the contractors left it, and if that's the way they left it for an inordinate amount of time, that's unfortunate. So, and I don't think I'm the only one believing that to be the case. So, uh, Mr. Brown, if you, if you do have the ability to 
reach out, share that perspective. It, it's a possibly one thing within our purview that we could address in a short period of time. The, the, the patchwork is not up to snuff for what we need to do for the amount of traffic that passes through there. It's not only just you know going to issue for vehicles, but you know if people are walking through that corridor, people are going to try to dart around. It. Correct. Um, I will look into that and see what their schedule is and see if it's just a temp uh, uh, temporary situation. If they have another paving company, I know they like to use uh, Stafersky as well to come in and pave. Um, so I will look into that and I can get you information as soon as it's available. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate it. Anything further from streets? I know workplace safety had nothing. I guess uh, one thing that I meant, should have mentioned is I brought to uh, Mr. Brown's attention that there was a sinkhole next to the sewer at the end of Chapel Street, and within hours it was taken care of. And I appreciate his prompt attention to that matter. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very much again. Zoning Committee, Mr. Ogello, Mr. Nelson. Hey, I'm going to start, but I'm probably lot last week and some of the stuff is coming here this evening some is not so if you can catch me on things please do uh first of all monthly report we're probably meaning to send your packet there's only three listed this time um we are just getting into the process now they're getting going and that process will hopefully as mr Neal's request that they really explode that we know we have lots of complaints the issue is getting them done because they are working uh, before I forget, I am going to, at the beginning of this meeting, I asked to add to our uh, agenda this evening, basically a fact that we do have uh, different new names being added to the inspectors for home sale by the company, and therefore, in order to help us out for this work, so before I forget, i like to basically make the request to offer this motion. The motion would be a resolution appointment of the zoning officer and public enforcement officer, which are actually mobile people. It's resolution number 202-02. And oh, excuse me, it's 022. Should be 22. Sorry. Okay, 2022-022. Yes. That makes more sense. Sorry. Okay, that reads as follows. Be it resolved by the borough council of the, of the borough of Homestale, County of Wayne, and Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, that FFM Consulting LLC. Be appointed as zoning officers Lori McGregor, McGrory, excuse me, CZO, Sean F. McGlynn, CZO, BCO, building code officer Sean F. McGlynn, CZO, BCO, and inspectors Sean F. McGlynn, LN1, LNI, excuse me, number 003479, Jeffrey A. Snyder, LNI, number 006451, Gabriel Acosta, and Kevin McGrory. Said appointments shall be retroactive to March 14, 2022. Said resolution rescinds resolution 2022-021 and all their appointments. And I'm asking this to be uh, passed this evening so we can get a process of it so we can get it going as of today. Second. There's Second. a motion. Sorry, there's a motion on the floor for Mr. Ogello, second for Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? This will essentially add these individuals onto our uh, zoning um, enforcement uh, team here and uh, not taking anybody off, just adding people to it. All right, hearing no discussion, all in favor say aye. Uh, aye. Any opposed? 
Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you. Uh, the next part of it is just to give background. I was part of the process, for better or for worse, that several years ago, a few years ago, we had a request from a member of the public that we develop a property, uh, basically a quality of life statement. Uh, the concept I thought was good and the person pushing it, and I had seen that many other communities have been doing it. After it being in place, uh, it has now become very much aware that it was actually not really needed. Apparently, for the most part, what was in the quality of life is already covered in the property maintenance uh, um, rules that we have. And it was discussed, it was just, uh, recommended by your attorney as well as others, including, I think, uh, SFM as well, that we basically, um, basically remove the chapter 16090 quality of life. Uh, having said that, I would like to make a motion this evening that we advertise for a re repeal of chapter 160-90 quality of life. That is my motion. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Agello. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? We had a, there's a redundancy in this. Mm -hmm. and, but we didn't catch it when we did it. No, the truth of the matter is, quite frankly, is up until we finally have real, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it this way, but we have a company who really seems to be very energetic and wants to move forward. A lot of these things were never brought to our attention and it just was not caught by others. Yeah. I have a question. So we have a quality of life appeals board. Do they also get? They're gone. Okay. And good. No, that, that was all. Okay. Thanks. And I know members of council here sit on planning commission. That that was discussed at the most recent planning commission mm -hmm. meeting, correct? And there was no opposition to this move, correct? That you guys can share. Uh, not that it was verbalized, I don't think. Very good. Do you agree? Very good to know. All right. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Thank you, Mr. O'Dell. Okay, thank you. And also, uh, going back to previous comments made at the beginning here, uh, the chapter 195, ice emergencies, uh, recommendation was made from many people, and they're right. On sale is a small community with many narrow streets and many people have a hard place to park. And so therefore requiring people to not park on the streets the entire winter season is a real hardship for a lot of people. And quite frankly, most people today are ignoring it anyway. It's not being enforced. Uh, so a suggestion was made that we basically change that and make it so that in the future there would only be not parking on those designated streets uh, when the mayor has declared a snow emergency, which to me makes sense. I think that's more than rational. Um, I think that enforcing it will be a problem because people are used to not parking, they're being able to park on the side of the camp, they're obviously they didn't know. It's, it's going to be an issue down below their cops. Uh, but nevertheless, I think this is the right step to this time we to look in the future to better ways to promote it and keep people aware of how they act in local ways, not just social media, not just radio ways to get their attention. But having said that, again, I'd like to make a motion to advertise Run Amendment 2, Chapter 195, Snow and Ice Emergency, to basically make the changes that we discussed. Second. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Agello, second from Mr. Nielsen. Any discussion on the motion? Uh, the, the one 
point I, I just wanted to make too, and Mr. Brown can probably attest to this. This is quite helpful to when we get a significant amount of ice or snow to have a clear pathway to clear then so that traffic can move in a very good fashion. So, you know, if I think to your point, Mr. Agello, if we can communicate that, that this is to make sure that our community is um, set up for the best possible outcome from any of these snow and ice and sleet and everything else uh, events that, that we can um, make sure that, that we're not overburdening people outside of that time frame during those months in which we've been dealing with the, um, the parking ban. So thank you again for everybody bringing this to our attention. Sergeant Coleman. If I may point out, uh, we do have an abundant amount of signs here out town that go over that parking from 2 to 6 a.m. from December 1st, March 1st. Uh, in this plan, whatever those signs will apparently have to be taken down and replaced, indicating that uh, it will be announced for this, the parking bin, and that's going to be important for it. But just to take into consideration, this the signage that is out there and that needs to be put in place. Yes, and thankfully we won't have to hopefully do that in the short term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you again for pointing that out. Any further discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. Uh -huh. Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Uh, there's another part in there that I forgot to uh -huh. circling around. Yeah, yes, that's what you forgot. I was just going to say, forgot the other part about 160. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chapter 160 of the property maintenance. Uh, what we are changing effectively is that in the past was using the international uh, property maintenance code from previous years and nationwide everybody's using the 2018 version. And so uh, Mr. Henry's advice is to make that change. And therefore I am moving that borough council have a solicitor advertising amendment to chapter 160 property maintenance to, to, the, to the 2018 edition. And any other Revisions discussed, which we talked about here. And that's my motion. Second. There's a motion for Mr. Agello, second for Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor, say aye. <laughs> Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. And I'm going to take a little, I'll try to make this as best as I can, but there are some other issues to bring up. Uh, we had a broad discussion on parking on borough property, but it wasn't so much about parking as the agenda had stated. The problem was basically. Because they're being abandoned, semi abandoned, and just left there indefinitely. The specific areas that we're concerned about are Riverside Drive, where I guess there's uh, mobile home, not places like campers, travel choice park there indefinitely. There are vehicles that are apparently at this point unregistered, unlicensed, et cetera, et cetera. And we're trying to find the best way to remove them or to get them off. Uh, the more we delve into it, however, the more it seems that it's going to be rather difficult. I, really, I know Mr. Nielsen has a feeling that it has to be done, and I agree with him. Well, it's not going to be that difficult, but okay. But it is going to be, as I was pointing out to me, several loopholes in public to get around it. So it will be difficult eventually before we can try. But some vehicles will suddenly become registered, some vehicles will suddenly go back on the list. Could you talk this away, please? Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm explaining that while the process of doing this isn't very important and should be done, the way to, to make it work may not be so easy. We did talk to uh, SFM about it, and they made very clear that they are more than willing to work to actually make that process start. But he also warned us, or at least I was listening to him, 
that there are many ways for people that once you go after it, they will find a way to sort circumvent it. Uh, that's all I can say. So I'd ask our attorney, I, I don't think they worked as of yet, but the suggestion was that rather than having the police would be involved in verifying that a car is unregistered, et cetera, et cetera. Go ahead. If I may, Sergeant Thatcher's taking that test upon himself, and he hasn't worked due diligently on trying to do what he can over there on the Riverside Drive. We did find with the motorhome that it is registered. So, uh, but there were several other cars that he had to put on. And he, uh, he has been taking that task on his own. So he is doing it. And He's working at his best as time goes. And if they refuse him, he is willing to ticket those vehicles and go after that. We are following the, the, the law. Right, obviously. That's all we can ask is to do it right. And that's great to hear. Uh, that's actually changed my heard, but that's great to hear that. So excellent. A uh, couple other things we had. Uh, again, Attorney Henry, we didn't get a thing on that, but. We are going to check, change our policy on the inspection rules for resale. The change was going to be to only do inspections for resale on request. Inspections on resale of residential on request is not required. So I don't think we have to address this. Really it's, already, it's already that way. The only, the only inspections that we are required to do or require of the property owner is under the residential rental registration ordinance. Okay. That's what we're going to start with. And the other question was, I know was a very long discussion about four properties being commercial, more than four rental units being commercial, under four being less, and sort of dropping under the radar. Was that, did I misunderstand that? That's under the, the building code. But our policy is, and I think it should continue to be, Ms. Thompson and I talked about this the other day after a meeting. My understanding is that any, res any residential rental facility requires a, an inspection when they change tenants and when they sell the property. And I think that that's what we've been doing in the past. And that's our policy, I think, going into the future. So the checklist that that uh, McGlynn, Mr. McGlynn has, or his firm has, I think is the one that we're going to continue to follow. It might be a little bit more expansive than what we've been doing, but I think it's limited to the rental registration ordinance and the sale and or change of tenants under, built, under those provisions. That's where we're going to stay, actually. Okay, just trying to clarify for myself as well as for the, for the rest of the council that understand it. Uh, and the last thing I'll ask you about is chickens. We talked about that issue. Where should we go with that? Just nowhere. No, we didn't address it. Just leave it I think that the, the question was, was it in one of the proposed, was it in the proposed draft? I believe it was, but it was not adopted. So we, we stayed away from that. So it's not there, it's not going to be there, unless council members feel otherwise. It's not in it. It's not in the amendment that you, that council adopted last summer. I said it's not there now, it's not, there is no intent at this point to put it in at this time. That's what I'm saying. That's great. Okay. And that's about all that I have. Anything else from Sure. So from my understanding, when I was listening to the zoning meeting, Mr. McGlynn from SFM told us that to get the ball rolling, the borough should put a request out for tow companies to be the official tow company for the borough. Right. And they'll have a lot. And then the police can just tell them, no good, 
hook them, go, done. We don't even have that yet. So how do we get the ball rolling as a borough to get a tow company? Next meeting. Sergeant, from my takeaway from SFM was that we had to have a borough lot, but not on the borough, it's not the borough property, but like a tow company would be the official tow lot for yes, the borough. Yeah, yeah, so would, would ABC Towing be able to go to Northeast or wherever yeah, it is? I, I, I can't make recommendations, nor can I speak to you, but I do know in back Northeast Towing does have a secure facility mm -hmm. that we have to vehicles in the past there, and we've gone up there to deal with them in accordance. Whether or not this facility is large enough to house 50 cars, I have no idea. I do know that he has one secured area that there's always stuff that is secured in there. That's something that you have to put out your proposal. Do you have ample amount of space for X amount of cars? Mm -hmm. And RVs and boats and yeah, cars. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we have to then work. We then have to work on getting that proposal made or written up. Correct. And that could be adapted next week. I have a question now. I've been listening to everything. So are you directing the solicitor to write a proposal? Yes. I, I, have, I have a question. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just, just not. That needs to be posted, though. Once you establish it, it needs to be posted who the company is and how they can get something from the I'm just getting up to speed on this. What, what's the what's the rub here? Like, are these on actual borough roads? Are these yes. prison property private property? Yeah, like what? Okay, and it's, 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 it's borough wide. We're not we're not playing favorites here. It's no, wide. I understand. But I'm saying, are we only talking about cars that are sitting there, vehicles that are sitting there on borough? Property yes. or borough roads? Okay. Mm -hmm. In borough right away. Right? In the borough right away. Also, there is a couple of vehicles in town that are sitting. Uh, I know there's one actually sitting, I think, up on this uh, overlooking. So now we're sitting over overlooking West Side Avenue. That just moved. It just moved. My brother lives yeah. there. It just well, moved. That was one that we were, we were kind of targeting. It's been there forever. No inspections. So, I mean, we are going to have the town that necessary in those instances, like I said, excluding accidents, um, that would be nice to just pick up the phone and say, hey, this car's here, they've got their warning on us, don't get it. So you're looking at basically disabled vehicles, yes. the ones that don't have licenses. The ones that aren't registered, inspected, insured, okay. the wrong license plates on them, we run into that. Got it. Okay, thanks. 
Mr. Henry, thank you for taking that ball. And we'll revisit that at the next meeting. Mr. Ogella or Mr. Nelson, anything further? Nope. Thank you both very much. Correspondence. We had an invitation to the May 23rd event, not necessarily groundbreaking, but uh, both DCNR and PA Fish and Boat Commission will be at Industrial Point on the 23rd to mark the beginnings of what will be a, a river access and a river trail development there, a system going from Holmesdale to White Mills to Holly. And uh, I know a lot of local dignitaries will be there, and certainly we're all invited to attend as well. It's, it's a public event, you know, where people are allowed to attend. It's just, you know, obviously offered to people who represent the borough here too to, to attend as well. What time does that start? That would be at 11 a.m. Um, I think remarks begin at 11. So it's be short. Yeah, it's not going to be very long at all because there's another. Uh, They're going to another right facility. Yeah. And if there's any questions about that, certainly uh, I can help um, or, you know, the organizers of the event can help answer those. Um, Salvation Army Relief and Crisis Center here in Homesdale, or just over the border, uh, offered an invitation for the 3rd of June as well. They've opened up a food pantry there, which is really helpful to the community. Obviously, more and more of the need is greater and greater. And uh, they've invited everybody here on council to attend, and, and the mayor as well, and any other borough. Uh, so um, that has also been included in your packets. In addition to, uh, I think, uh, a follow-up to, to, to the mayor's uh, last uh, report, he brought up the, the Monarch Mayor's Pledge, and this has also been offered to uh, council members as well. Um, not that we are mayors, you are the mayor, but you know, they are notifying everybody, I think, in municipality land. That then this... another one to council. Yes, exactly. So, um, so with respect to any of those, I mean, we're certainly up to uh, our, our places to to read into that more, to talk with the mayor more about the Monarchs and the, the pledge, and then obviously. Uh, open to attend those other things uh, in the public. It's great to see people getting back together for, uh, for good news, let's just say. The PSAB uh, shared a proposed constitution amendment for the board of directors, which is in your packet. And the Wayne County Tax Services list of repository tax sale for the 20th of May is the second notice included there as well. The new business, is there any new business for council to discuss tonight? I know we've gone over a lot of ground tonight. And if not, we'll open up to public comment. I know at this time we'll take non-agenda items. And we'll go in the order in which uh, people signed in. And Mr. Bob Jennings, you're welcome to speak tonight. All right, very good, thank you. Yes, Harold, you are up next, sir, on the list. And please state your name and, and your affiliation and address when you get to that. I know, I know you've been there before, so. <laughs> thank you. My name is Harold Noodleman. I am the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 63, which this police department, this community belongs to. I came here for several reasons. One, I'm getting around to a lot of the boroughs, the townships, to let their communities know it's not a one-way street. The FOP is here for your communities besides for your police officers. There's a lot of things that we can offer to you people as councilmen who serve the people and your community to help you overcome some of the things I've heard tonight, which face numerous boroughs. We have five counties that I serve and members of our board. First off, 
was number one, to thank you, the borough here, for amicably coming to the table and resolving the issue of the two shortcomings of the $45,000 a piece that we're owed to Mrs. Spencer and to Mrs. Naring in the passing of their husbands that somewhere fell through the cracks that nobody kept up on the insurance. So I wanna thank you deeply for making it an easy way. And of course, saving your taxpayers some money because taking it to court, I'm sure we would have won it. I'm very firm on it. And, but cool heads prevail, we all worked it out. Second reason I'm here, because it seemed timely. And I had a nice conversation with the mayor and uh, Council President Hamill outside. But I want you all to know, I gave them my card. If whoever's the chairman of your public safety or police committee, see me, I'll give you my card. If I could come and be the neutral person or one of my board members to help resolve things, give you a little insight, maybe things could work out because the ugly head popped up that you're gonna do away with the police department. I've heard you tonight. I can't see how anyone here as council with the concerns that I've heard for the little things can't turn around and say the big problem. Yeah, we're gonna do away with law enforcement in this community. And I'm here to pitch that you don't. And I'll give you one of the things I heard fish, I know him for a long time. Ambulance response. For those people that don't know, I had 32 years in law enforcement, went over to the private sector afterwards, and now my full-time job is the FOP. But if you have a complement of law enforcement required by law that they're all trained in first aid, Mr. Hamill, you're having a stroke and you're waiting for the ambulance and your wife picks up the phone and says, my husband's having a stroke. And one of these police officers could get there first, slip an aspirin in your mouth. It may give you that chance. So we look at police in a lot of different ways. My experiences in my community were the call came in for an ambulance, the police were dispatched except for, oh, so-and-so fell out of bed, this one's sick, and usually we'd go anyhow to help them. You can't do that for your community because you don't have a police force. You have three officers, and I've heard how inundated they are with paperwork. Something you might want to consider, I'm gonna throw a couple things at you. By all means, you're not gonna decide it tonight, you're not gonna decide it in the next couple months. Think about a professional clerk for the police department. They can handle a lot of things, even on a part-time basis. My fellow police officers will say, you're taking a job away from us. No, I'm putting you out on the street to do your job. I'll use my old department, Dixon City. We had a girl for many years that was capable of handling the non-sensitive stuff that kept the officers on the street, handing out information, accident reports, so forth, that the officer isn't coming in. But the officers out there able to handle snow removal, handle traffic problems, respond to emergency calls, 
and keep you safe. Before coming here tonight, and before my little conversation outside, I was coming with a little different attitude. But after listening to you people that run this borough, having my conversation with Jim outside, Mr. Hamill, right? I think there's ways that you could attain this. Yeah, budgets are tight. And nobody wants the job. Down in the Valley, Lackawanna County, they are going to strictly full-time police departments. They can't fill the schedules with part-timers because nobody wants to be a part-timer at 15 or $18 an hour with some people have contracts that, okay, they get X number of days of premium days and so forth. Well, they could go to work for Chewy for 25 and $30 an hour. So they're hiring. The last couple classes at Lackawanna have dwindled down to the last class that Lee and uh, another officer went to represent our lodge, 13 members. And that's out of Hazleton and Lackawanna's combined. So it's tough to get people. It's tough to get quality people. They have to make a commitment to the badge. So with that, I do pitch full time, but your budget might not allow that. But make sure that the people that you look at are available to go to court, go to hearings, that their lifetime job that puts bread and butter on their table doesn't interfere with them serving this community. The couple notes I made here Mr. Dillman, just yes. let me interrupt briefly. If we can keep things to around five minutes, I know you're a little- Oh yeah, I, I've got- But we'll do the same for everybody we do with yep. Mr. Bonson when he's- Right, so I, I'm gonna be done in, in two minutes, okay? One of the things Keith mentioned, the part-timer at will, the law has changed. Part-timer no longer at will. They are represented as civil servants. The law has changed, okay? I'm gonna cut myself real short because I want the opportunity, I'm gonna throw it back into your laps. Call me, I'll make every effort to come up or I'll have somebody else come up and sit with you and try and help you through this. But lastly, from what I've seen over the past years of being here in Honesdale is think before you call Miller and spend all this money that you're spending because you're spending a lot of taxpayers' money that I think could be better put to use for your budget with common sense. And yeah, I could reel these guys in and talk to them too. I've done it with a lot of departments. I thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm putting it out there. So all I could say is I'm here if you want some input. But I would ask you firmly, don't carry through this ugly head that's popped up and dissolve your police department. You've got a wonderful community. And I go way back to the dark ages, but I still come up here and shop. I was just up at the farm dealer down the end of the street, over the bar for a drink. And I think you've got a lot going for you. You just need the money. So thank you. Look me up. Who's the chairman? 
that I can give them the card. Make sure it's Celia, I'll give you my card. Thank you, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Miller. Um, briefly, before we move on, I do wanna uh, just make a, a point and we appreciate you coming here to tonight to, to share you know those important perspectives with us. And uh, I, I also come from a news background, as you know, and it's, it's helpful that we don't tarry in rumors because again, we are all here to do what's right for our community and what's right is is arrived at probably through a process and that process can only be tarnished by rumors and discussion and hearsay. And so it's important for have, having conversations here. This is the first since I've sat here at the dais that any representative of the police department has attended a meeting. Mm -hmm. And, and to, to my way of thinking, that's A, helpful, but B, a shame that it hasn't been um, well, welcomed or, or urged or anything like that up until now. Um, and certainly, you know, we are working through, as you've noted, a lot of different issues. And so this is yet another one that we have to tackle and find because, you know, as, as uh, Sergeant Colombo alluded to, we just lost another full-timer and yes, <laughs> If we could all snap our fingers, I mentioned, and go back to the days of having, you know, the revenue there to support a full-time <clears throat> staff, that would be wonderful. But of course, a lot of other communities are facing these same issues. So um, certainly any other council members are welcome to make comment, but of course we can take everything under advisement as well. And, uh, you know, re report back to the public at further meetings and in other discussions with public safety committee and otherwise. Yeah, I would echo your sentiments. I really appreciate that's the sergeants here. I'm sad the chief's not sitting there, but I'm very happy to see you sitting there. Um, and I really like the idea of getting a clerk. I mean, that's that sounds like a smart idea. Actually, prior to you, most of the council sitting here, there was a police secretary that was never filled. Hmm. That had gotten past the only meetings ago and it never gave permission. So there is on your docket an approval to hire an individual, but it was never filled. Yeah, we should look into that. And I know certainly uh, the presence of, of any police officers uh, in the past would have required some kind of compensation. I, I'm sure you're on the clock right now, Sergeant. And, and we would certainly maybe, you know, if we want to have more involvement at these meetings, maybe address the, the potential overtime or, you know, issues like that where we could, you know, work with shifts. Clearly your shift is today. today. You're off today. So so here you are on the chief's uh, orders to, to, to be here tonight for the council. Did anybody else have anything to mention tonight? To that extent, uh, since the concept of a secretary or a receptionist or however you want Sorry. to identify this person, uh, is there a direction or things that you could provide us that would give us the understanding of what that person would have access to and how you ensure that that person is not exposed to significant uh, confidential information and those kinds of things that I'm assuming are required to be not available to them. Just step up to the podium. Sorry, Mr. Nova, thank you again for understanding. Yes, there, there's a lot we could provide. There's also a lot that the Pennsylvania Chiefs of Police Association could provide. Uh, but again, a lot of it is common sense. And there are laws that spell out those areas. Again, I could bring it to the table. We could work through it. I could get documentation from other agencies that could tell you how they do it. And 
Well, to me, it would seem that one of the most critical things are the events that occur or who answers the phone as to what that person might be exposed okay. to. You go through the comm center, correct? Yes. Okay. So as I'll use Dixon that I'm familiar most with, but there's several other. There is a phone tree that you leave a message for this, leave a message for that. If you need the secretary, press this. And mainly it's for accident reports to come in and drop off information for officers that they require. Her job is she categorizes all the citations, get them ready for the magistrates. She makes sure all the accident reports are complete in a timely fashion. She looks over certain level of incident reports. Again, that's set by the chief and the, you know, the municipality on down. And of course the mayor who oversees the police department. And that's how it works. Does okay. that kind of answer it for you? Thank you. Sure. Yep. Thank you again very much. And they would have to go through the same clearances as such even our cleaning people have to have certain background clearances in order to be in our station due to the sensitive materials that are either on screens that are working as they're there on a bulletin board, uh, warrant folders and such. So they would still have to go through that uh, address the background check to make sure that they're being allowed to be in there. And I assume a confidential agreement of some kind. Yeah, and then yeah, they would have to sign off on all that. Correct. Started, we actually had a secretary, uh, Bonnie. Bonnie, uh, Bonnie, Bonnie was our secretary when I first started. She had uh, she has done a lot of the tasks that the president did. Thank you, Mr. Rowan. You're up next. Thank you. Um, just state your name and, and your uh, affiliation then for uh. I'm, uh, address, if you don't mind. I'm Lee Rowan. I'm from R.D. Owensdale, retired. Um, I'm a fully certified police officer. I applied for a part-time position. I've had several meetings with Sergeant Thatcher, Sergeant Colombo, and the chief, um, what they expect of me and what they would like. Um, we think on the police side, right, that I'd be a good fit. I know the town. I know a lot of the people worked here before. And I'll throw one more thing in there. Um, they're on a shortage of people. I worked there in 1990 under the same conditions they're in right now, right? They had five, four officers and myself, right? And that was when they did civil service hiring and brought the department back up to snuff. So I know what they're going through. I know how to help them. Been there, done that. That's all I have. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. On uh, to Barry Anfang. Did I say that correctly? Barry? Yes. Thank you. And thank you for, uh, again, withholding your comments sure. until, until now. No, uh, just to clarify what the sergeant said, um, the state of Florida offering $5,000 signing bonus for any cop from the country to come to Florida. Just something you should know. Barry, uh, just uh, again, your name and your your affiliation or your... Barry Anfang. Um, I am a... Re A-N-F-A-N-G. Perfect. Thank you. Um, a little something about me. Um, I, uh, obviously I'm a New Yorker, specifically Brooklyn. So you can tell by my accent. Um, I, uh, vacationed here my whole life in Hawley, Pike County. And eventually I was introduced to Honesdale and they said, what a beautiful place to go. So, um, about 10 years ago, I bought a house here. I brought a lot of friends up with me. 
from that infamous Brooklyn, New York or New York City. And um, <clears throat> um, my uh, five sons, some of who are veterans, and my grandkids all come up. We shop here. We have a wonderful time. And um, recently, I retired. Six months ago, retired, and I'm here full time. Uh, prior to that, I was a New York City detective for 20 years. and was with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office as a boss for 23 years. So um, my concern about um, any crime or any effect on the police department, um, I would feel uh, I'm obligated to, to give you my opinion, and maybe it will shed some light. And just for clarification's sake, I know you mentioned that you're here full time. Are you in the borough as a resident? I just if my my zip is one eight four three one. If that means anything, so well, it means. And, and and it's I'm in Honesdale. My address is Honesdale. But if you're if you're in the borough, we can understand that better too. If you're within the borough limits, not to you know, just like what's your street address is really uh, three seventy one, Shecton Turnpike. Okay, all right. So you're outside the borough, but mainly oh, okay. address Honesdale. Understood. I, I'm still unfamiliar with the. I know my post office says Honesdale, 18431, so here I am. Uh, so maybe the feds are wrong, which wouldn't be the first time. All good. All right. Um, so I brought my family up here, and uh, I recently retired, and, and I heard some rumors that um, you were considering disbanding or making it part-time. Well, the rumors, as you spoke about. So let me just address those rumors, and maybe I can shed some light. Um, we had 35,000 members in New York City Police Department, so it was very different than here. But uh, the difference between uh, a full and part-time officer is very obvious, and it's something you should consider. Part-time officer, probably his main job was at Home Depot or Walmart, and he did his eight-hour shift. So his, his or her um, mindset, commitment, um, obligation is not the same um, as somebody that's a career person that's dedicated his life to this town. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, you have a young officer that gets, uh, gets a, a call, a uh, man with a knife or a dispute, and he says to himself, you know, for $18 an hour and, and no coverage, I don't know if I'm going to run to confront that man with the knife. Maybe by the time I get there, if I go slow enough, he'll leave. Conversely, you get this young buck that wants to clean up the town and says, I'm going to do everything. And he gets to that same job. And, and the man with the knife is there and said, officer, I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to kill your wife. I'm sorry to be graphic, but that's what happens all the time. And this officer knows that he has no backup for an hour. And he's going to fight for his life to put the cuffs on that person and scrap with him. And in that process, there might be some serious physical injuries, both to himself or to the perpetrator. Um, those injuries and any attorney defending him or representing him could possibly bankrupt this borough. So it's really penny wise and pound foolish to, to hire a part-timer that, that doesn't have the commitment, the professionalism, the training. I know we had a ride with another officer, senior officer, for one full year, five days a week, 52 weeks a year, before we were let out on our own. And riding alone is the most dangerous thing in the world, because you, to be safe, you want two officers. I know in, in, in the city, if I, I, we got a heavy call, two or three cars responded within a minute and a half. So we had six cops to handle that. Um, 
they're riding alone. It's a whole different world. So the mindset is different and the commitment um, is scary. You really need, if you want to keep this a beautiful place like I came to and I brought all my friends up here to do that, you, you, you can't, you got to find someplace else to cut your budget, not in the police department. All right. So, I mean, that's all I really have to say. I just, I, I retired. My whole life savings is here. So I ain't moving. So I, I wouldn't want it to turn into a San Francisco and, and you know, turn that way. So please really consider um, doing what you're doing because there's ramifications to that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very Thank you. Um, would there be anybody else, both online or in person, who'd like to make comments tonight regarding any matters before council on the agenda or not on the agenda tonight? No one online but Mr. Brown. Very good. Thank you, Ms. Platanis. Uh, I'll just make one brief comment. I, again, I appreciate everybody coming to the council meeting tonight. Um, we are accessible via email, phone call, um, the committee meetings that are set up, you know, we don't do things in secret. We do them to attain, I think, the best possible outcomes for the taxpayers, um, for public safety, for stormwater, for streets, for everything else that we work on here. And these are your opportunities, obviously, to hold our feet to the fire. And I appreciate everybody coming out tonight and doing such. Uh, just, just from the public safety standpoint, too, I think I, I'll, I'll just put it up with this. I mentioned five years ago when we did have uh, full coverage. We don't. We only had, what was that? Six years ago, sorry. Right, so six years ago, we did have Sergeant Colombo, Sergeant Thatcher, Lieutenant Langman, the chief, and possibly one other full-timer, but we had a majority then part-time force. And, and those part-timers, they did extremely well. And, and they served our community extremely well. Um, there were changes within the sheriff's department that didn't allow for them to work overnight shifts and show up to work. And I think it was an absolute failure on the public safety committee's part not to find a solution in that short term uh, after that happened. And now we have somebody else who's tasked with uh, taking things up along with the rest of the council here. And that's a Herculean lift right now to do that. As you can all attest to having been in law enforcement for this long amount of time, you're not gonna be able to kickstart a police department uh, from, you know, three officer complement to six, 10, 20 police officers overnight. So it's got to happen incrementally. You've got to get a plan in place because without a plan, I mean, we didn't have a plan coming in January 1 here. As I uh, inquired with the police department, there's no strategy that's currently laid out for attracting officers, but we want to work with everybody to, to get to a solution that works for Homestead. And I really appreciate everybody for coming out tonight and, and kickstarting that or, uh, you know, keep breathing life into that conversation because it's one that needs to be had and is long overdue. So thank you. Anybody else? I think I'd just like to add a real small thing because I know we all want to go home, but I, between Stormwater and the police department here, I think one thing we've really kind of seen come to light is that these things take time and when we rush into them as past councils have, the borough as a whole can get burned. So we take the time to make sure we're doing things right. Don't act out of anger or act out of fear that something else might go wrong, whether it be stormwater or the police department. 
we're all much better off um, and keeps the assumptions of things that aren't true at bay a little bit. So I'll just add that thought. Thank you. Well put, Mr. Nubana. Again, rumors are, uh, you know, just that. Uh, yes, rumors. <laughs> rumors make those who are fully here unsettled. <laughs> Understood. Fair point. Is there anybody else who'd like to make public comment tonight? Well, I just want to thank you, Gatsby, several times. Uh, Mr. Jennings, if you would step to the podium, uh, I got chance. Can you just stand uh, right Just like everybody else in the public. If you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> you <came. laughs> I wasn't. Thank you. That's perfect. Maybe we'll just hold your Serena. Give me that one back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone on console for your interest here tonight and asking me several times. I was here to hear what was going on. And uh, at one time, we did have a good police department. And we still do what's left of them. But there's hardly anyone left. And uh, like you said, that I, I guess you're exploring ideas, and uh, these gentlemen certainly spoke well of what's needed, and that's all I ask. I mean, we need a, a full-time police department, uh, 24 hours a day. That's all. I thought. And thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Jones. All right. Any other further public comment? Mr. Bishop, just state your name as you know, please. Sure. Thank you. Don Bishop, um, I've heard all the comments tonight and, and everything, and I truly believe that you guys are, are looking forward to working with the police department. My disappointment is, why is the sergeant here and not the chief here? Okay, that's just on a personal level. You have to ask yourself, how many times has the chief been sitting here over the last year, two years, three, whatever, mm -hmm. okay? You keep saying you have three men. Mm -hmm. You do not have three men, you have two men. I'm sorry to say that, but just a personal observation. Enough of that said, you guys have your job to do. I just wanted to observe tonight, be here in support of the police department and support of you guys and the mayor and everybody. I also want to mention May 21st, we are having the FOP, Lodge 63, is having Police Memorial Day service over at the Chinchilla Hose Company. It begins at 11 a.m. What we do is we honor all police officers who have passed either in the line of duty or have passed from the different departments. Their names are read off just like the 9-11 Memorial. We read the names off. Family members are invited to come and enjoy the festivities. And then they are presented, all family members and past officers are presented with a flower in remembrance of their loved ones who served the public in the capacity of a police officer for Homesdale Borough, as well as all the ones that we, all the departments that we cover. Okay. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Again, nobody else online and uh, nobody else planning to speak a uh, public comment. We can move on to announcements and hearing none, we can move on to the review and authorization to pay bills. Mr. Certainly. 
I move to authorize payment of invoices in the general fund list in the amount of $19,604.11. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Newbon. Is there a second? Second. Second from Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. I move to authorize payment of invoices in the ACH slash resolution number 2017-017 list in the amount of $725.12. Second. There's a motion on the floor from Mr. Jared Newbon, second by Mr. Nilsson. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing none, the motion carries. Uh, we do not have any plans to enter an executive session tonight, and we do have plans to adjourn the meeting. Tonight. So move to adjourn the meeting oh, at 838. Mr. McAllister with a motion, Mr. Nilsson with a second? Yeah, sure. Any discussion on the motion? Hearing none. All in favor say aye. 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 We are adjourned. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us tonight. This conference will now be recorded. How are you really happy birthday?